Oh, we're already live? Yeah. Damn, watch me tweet and talk at the same time. You know, there's a lot of guitar players that can do that. Tweet and guitar? Yeah, they can sing and talk at the same time. Me, I can't even type and talk at the same time. And I don't have to keep any kind of... I spell experience wrong. How do you sing and talk at the same time? That seems because impossible. Sing, I mean, sing and play guitar oh. at the same yeah. time. But they'll also play guitar and like keep, keep playing the song... And then talk to you about some something, you know. What I mean, like, like, oh no, man, when you get down, they need to make a left, and they're still playing the exact, you know, song. Their their brain can can do both at the same time. Yeah, it's like drummers. I don't get that. Yeah. Or like a drummer has like one beat on one leg, one beat on the other leg. One, yeah, you know, dude, one. how goddamn impressive is Dice's kid? Yeah, Max, Max is a fucking beast. Really? You're, oh my god, I've never dude. Heard of him. We had Max Silverstein. He came on the show with Dice, and we played a video of it. And I had seen him do it live when we went to Dice's show because he do, he does like a, a, his band does a song before Dice comes out. So I knew that the kid could play the drums. But there's a video of him at the Comedy Lab next to the Improv. And whose show was it on? Uh, I don't know. Whatever it was, the fucking kid's insane. I mean, he's not just good at the drums. He's sick. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he, lo- he looks like a fucking professional. Really? Oh, it's amazing, man. The hand-eye coordination is ridiculous. I mean, he fucking goes off on this solo, and he nails it. He nails it perfect. And it's one of those, one of those moments where you're like, that kid's a bad motherfucker. That kid could be a bad motherfucker at anything he wants. Yeah. Anything he wants. His fucking dad did a great job raising him, man. Yeah. That that kid loves his father. That's you know, great. that is a, a, a beautiful thing to watch, Dice and his kid. For real. He loves his fucking kids, man. And they love him. And they're all empowered. Like, his son is super confident, young and strong and smart. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's fucking got a real shot. A real shot. You know, without anybody's help. Just from talent. Just from, you know... The the ability to play drums like that, you can do that. I really believe you could apply that shit to anything. And if you go to on it and you <laughs> can keep on code Rogan, you get yourself some alpha brain and, and learn was, to function on my level, son. So seamless. Uh, people will make fun of me for this alpha brain, but you can all go fuck yourself. If you take it and you don't see any results, I think there's something wrong with your brain. You need to go to a doctor. <laughs> Need Look to find out, that's, or you need oh, to. Shit. You got that from Damn, arm. that's huge. <laughs> Tommy Buns. He just held up his arms and showed his throwing throwing guns around this room. Apples. It's really chucking guns guys. around this room. Uh, no, so for, for real, what is Alpha Brain? It's really it's all best best explained on Onnit.com because it was written by sober people. First of all, mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and second of all, uh, people who understand science other than my level of understanding, which is repeating shit that other people understand, but I. I don't ever really understand. Do you believe so, in evolution? Um, y- well, I think there is certainly a lot of evidence for <laughs> natural selection and adaptation, and that it's most likely the way things have evolved. But yeah. there's some holes in it. There's some holes. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll I have a question it. for we'll talk a about this in the middle of a commercial. <laughs> hey, man. Well, this, I thought that's the way this shit rolls here. I, I want to thank Onnit.com for supporting us. Uh, we got hacked recently, folks, and uh, we uh, had to like severely upgrade our. Uh, our um, 
uh, technical system, whoever it is that the, the website interfaces with. Uh, I learned something new, by the, the way, on, on, on passwords. Uh, you learn? If you use like a regular word as a password and maybe a number, you know, that's OK. But the hardest thing that would take like I forget, like 32 years to, for a computer to hack is if you just take three random words and put them together. Like, really? like taco uh, fart handicap or something like that. You really? Know? Yeah, and that way the computer will never. It, it, just the odds that it will get to that point is like thirty-two years. What? Yeah, but then they'll just have a new computer search engine. They'll be like, "Yeah, what, bitch?" And they'll nail it quicker. We just what about the capital computers? and then lowercase thing? I don't that, think that matters think that at matters all. At really? All. Yeah, yeah, that's like yeah. zero. Most things aren't case sensitive. Yeah, but uh, either way, on it. dot com spelled O N N I T. And if you go there, and today is the 11th, September 11th, and uh, if you go there for one more day, use the code GOTYOURBACK, and you get 18% off of everything. That includes kettlebells and battle ropes, because uh, normally the coupon, po- uh, coupon code of Rogan only works for uh, the supplements. It doesn't work for the kettlebells and the battle ropes. The uh, reason being is that we sell those literally as cheap as is humanly possible. But because of this fuck up, because of the fact that everybody feels terrible that um, this website got hacked, we don't know whether or not anybody's uh, credit card information got compromised. So far, no one has uh, reported any what they call substantiated fraud, I think they call it. But uh, whatever it is, some scumbags figured out a way to get into our system. That sucks, man. <laughs> that sucks. It's just... I th- I don't understand the way they do it. I, I I'm completely talking like I'm explaining French to you, though I don't speak French, mm-hmm. so I can never really comment. But as far as I know, I mean, this it's really I think for a lot of these guys, it's fun to see how they can sneak sure. into systems, even if they're not yeah. stealing anything. Yeah. I think it's the game script kids that are just really bright and they yeah. figure out how to sneak into your system it's all against the hunt man they're like trying yeah. to see how far they can get i, I did and then some, you have to... some hackerish the other day but What'd you do? I, i'll talk on the oh, well let me yeah let me just get yeah. through with this the so because of that because everybody's very bummed out about that that your uh you know the credit card information has been compromised and if you go to onit.com forward slash breach it'll explain all that um it's just an unfortunate aspect of doing business on the internet we apologize and, and nobody uh, nobody foresaw it this way. Uh, we've beefed up the security considerably, so hopefully it won't happen again. And whoever hacks us, please don't do that. Thanks. You don't have to do that. That's mean. I know you can do it, okay? We know you can do it. Please don't do it. I don't want anybody to get caught and go to jail for something stupid like that. And you know, and if that's how you're making your money, how dare you? Go get a fucking respectable job, you son of a bitch. You're stealing numbers from offline. You can't do that. I'm a big fan of you guys, whoever you are. Yeah. <laughs> I want to give a shout out. Powerful shout out Sweden. to Anonymous. Yeah. Lulzak. You guys shout out. Man. Yeah, shout red, out edit. to the hackers of the world. Yeah, man. Look, they, you know, there's a certain uh, there's a certain amount of morals that are on the internet when it comes to uh, how things get done as well. You know, there's there's a there's a moral attitude of the internet that I think more mirrors society than it does uh, the shit that you see on television, the mm-hmm. shit that you see in the news. You know, there's a like when anything goes down, like the the, the difference between like Damn, we shouldn't do this in a commercial. Let's oh, yeah. get through this. Joe JoeRogan.net. That's my website. Where's your Go phone? to onit.com. Use uh, oh the other phone. Yeah, yeah, that's not for today though. Uh, Do not sponsor uh, us today. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's only, it's, it's only a, a part-time thing with the Ting. We're just trying it out. We're seeing how it works. The phone is phenomenal, though. The Samsung uh, Galaxy S3 is yeah. fucking is the shit. Is it's, it really? It's oh, sweet. It's, it's sexy looking. It's amazing. Oh. It's really great. It's got a little few, every now and then, a little hiccup here and there, but it's really I, I, special. I need a new so, phone. It's a special phone. What's the queefs about it? Well, it, it just seems like, um, I think the, the uh, iPhone is a really well-designed phone, man. Tomorrow. It's, the way is that tomorrow the new one comes out. The way the the when you the touch screen first of all is better than anything on the planet. They're the best touch screen. The quality of it feels better than anything. Like when you have the case on an iPhone and you just feel that metal and glass, it's like the sexiest piece of equipment ever. It's, but you got to walk around with a condom on it yeah. because you know it, it, it's so breakable. Yeah. But. But it's still super duper fucking sexy. I mean, it's a, it's awesome. you hold on to that thing. I mean, feel that. That's a that's some genius piece of device. And so it's that phone is always a little better than yeah. everything I've tried. The way it interfaces, just cleaner, smarter, makes more sense, easier to find shit. It's just better. It's like our I, Tiffany jewelry. I think my phone really started taking a shit the most today. Really, and it's it's totally because it comes out tomorrow. I agree. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Apple sending out. Darts, I swear to God, electronic it's fucking darts. up. So the Joe Rogan Experience it. is brought to you by Onnit.com. Go to O N N I T. We got to get this podcast started. This is ridiculous. Um, that's it. We're not brought to you by anybody else. Go to DeskWad.tv though and pick up some some funky, sexy cat shirts. It has been proven that, that you're twenty percent more likely to get your penis touched if you were in a DeskWad cat shirt. Twenty percent. Twenty percent. We have forty three percent with alcohol. You add a DeskWad shirt and alcohol, and someone's going to touch your penis. And this is a blind study. Yeah, it's like three out of five times someone's yeah. touching your penis. Get some All right, shit. I feel good for you. I feel like the odds are strong. Tom Segura is here. You dirty bitches. Let's get it poppin', Brian. Joe Rogan Podcast, check it out. The Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan Podcast by night, all day. Oh, sweetness. Tommy Buns in the fucking house, ladies and gentlemen. Tommy, it's good to have you, buddy. We're we're about to uh, just talk nonsense and go through a commercial, and Tommy Buns hits me with... Do you believe in evolution? <laughs> oh, I do. I like a, throwing heavy-handed questions at people, man. That's a fucking right-hand bomb to yeah. open the round. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just funny to me because I was watching this thing about, and this guy was like, this guy fucking believes that evolution should be taught in the classrooms? And it was like a, a political ad like that, and I was right. like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> like that—that that appeals to somebody that, like, yeah, fuck that guy. He thinks evolution should be taught. <laughs> this guy's a fucking asshole. You're like, really? Like, there's that. There's there's actually enough people that believe. Like, I, I'm not uh, a science expert, so I don't want anyone to think like, "Wait a minute, oh, you're about to." You're get... not a science expert. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I mean, what, I have... you, how, what point do you become an expert? Because if you were just you and you lived in the 1400s, you'd be a fucking science expert. You're probably right. They'd yeah. be like, "Electricity is God's way of showing you His anger." You're like, "Well, no, actually, it's just some shit that's actually, formed by the clouds in the atmosphere." And uh, <laughs> My president. You'd, be, you'd be a fucking scientist. <laughs> you could true. explain so much shit to these people. Well, actually, I would just know it and not know how to explain it. They oh. would just be like, no, no, no you draw it. You draw like, it. No, the Earth's round. And they'd be like, how do you know? I'd be like, just because I've seen you would. You would be work with those people for a couple days, and you'd be so annoyed. You're like, listen, you have to listen to me. I'm your new king, and I'm yeah, going to show you how to build an airplane. <laughs> you 
<laughs> just they'd be like an airplane. What the fuck are you talking about? Get some wood. Get no, some wood. No, I'm gonna no, show no, you. Fucking with a, easy. You need this. Has got to be straight like that. Think like a bird, but then with the tail up and in the air. There's air draft from above and below. People would go, "Where did you get this idea from?" I don't know, man. They just come to me. They just come to me. You draw like bows and arrows does that for mean, them. Like <laughs> Da Vinci was like from the future and went to the past. I think Da Vinci. He was, had too many ideas. Yeah. You know what people love to say when there's a guy like Da Vinci. What? They go, and I wanted to sit, just say it, just out of instinct. It's probably had like Asperger's or something. Oh, probably like autistic. They, a, yeah, they always yeah. want to say something like that, yeah. like that there's no way you could be. Something's off with that guy. That brilliant and not be fucked up. Yeah. Like, I'm not willing to believe it. <laughs> you know? I don't think that, I mean, keeping, like, I almost agree that, like, I don't think you could go up to Da Vinci and be like, how do you like your eggs, man? And he'd be like, you know, actually, like, I think he would be talking about all kinds of weird shit. He would be, like, that. thinking about what you would look like if you cleaved you in half and pulled you on. And could he draw those two yeah. sides? Do you want to donate your body, like, today? And you're like, no, I'm not dead yet. Did you ever see that exhibit, that Body Works exhibit? Yes. Where they take human bodies? We went together. Yeah, that's right. That's that's crazy. That shit is creepy as yeah, fuck, dude. And they were stopping us from taking pictures, yeah. remember? Yeah. They told us to put our phones away. Put, I had yes. to take camera pictures on the sneak tip. Yeah. Yeah, with like no flash. The horse. Kind of, Remember the horse? Oh. They had this like real horse yeah. that had been like. Well, what modified. was fucked up was that if you did this, if you haven't seen it, folks, the Body Works exhibit is uh, an exhibit where they take a bunch of death, dead bodies and through some new method of uh, somehow or another coating them with plastic and, and infusing plastic into the muscles, it doesn't change the appearance, but it completely stops them from decaying. So it's really creepy. And they give you different actual, layers. Yeah. Of that. So they give you like full like they have an muscle. abortion cut. Well, that's seven yeah. Pieces. That's what's really fucked up is the the clinical aspect of the dissection of the bodies on display was a little disturbing because it was almost like butcher esque. It's like if this was a guy's basement, you would want him locked up forever. Okay, mm-hmm. this guy would be one of the most horrific serial sure. killers and twisted fucks ever. Ever. Even if he was a grave robber and he did this, yeah. you would want this motherfucker locked up forever. But you can do it, and somehow because you've involved plastic, which means that it's been like government sanctioned or something, yeah. now you can just display these dead bodies and people can come and pay. Like, how, where did you get these bodies exactly? And I mean, it's not even in... like under like heavy scrutiny. Yeah, some of them had like bullet wounds <laughs> yeah, or something. Some with bullet holes. Is that exhibit even still around? It's got to smell by now. The one that I saw, I saw it in Vegas. Um, it was at, I think it was at the Luxor. Yeah. The, like the, oh, the, wow, the, you saw the it in Vegas? Yeah, and um, at that the would end, be too much sadness for one day. Yeah, right? That's <laughs> At the end, they said that all the bodies in that exhibit were from China. Yeah. Wow. They were all Chinese. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That's scary because when you when you're from a country that has been known to do some really horrific things to like prisoners and yeah. shit, and pretty questionable track record when it comes to. <laughs> Human rights. Well, there doesn't seem to be that there's that many of them in China, and so it's. I mean, uh, or, or rather, that there's uh, too many of them in China. Yeah, that there's so many people that so many. in some areas the overpopulation has gotten to a point where they've sort of devalued life in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. I mean, when you you start hearing the the stories about um, them, you know, forcing them to only have one child, and so yeah. there's terrible stories of. Families uh, drowning uh, Chinese girls. Ugh. I mean, it's really horrific because they want a boy. Yeah, I mean, it's just fucking crazy. And you know, I don't uh, know if that's propaganda, though. So I really, honestly, shouldn't be. Uh, well, I know outside that. of like outside of the major cities, there's a lot of like stri- like out in the countryside, which is hundreds of millions of people. 
there's extreme poverty, there's yeah. extreme literacy, there's, you know, there's not any health care or anything. It's just the hundreds of millions of people yeah, outside of the major cities. Yeah. It's when you, I mean, that kind of poor, I mean, we have, we just haven't figured that out yet. I don't, I don't, I don't think most Americans have really like put that into their head. Like that level, the level of poverty no. that exists in other countries. We have extreme poverty, but it's, you know, there's, there's it's not like really what you see. Yeah, in, in third world. we have horrific poverty, but even just existing in a welfare state is way better than a giant chunk of the world has access to. You know, if you think about like what the, what it would be like if you just had a shit roll of the dice and you wound up in Nigeria. Yeah, you're a baby in Nigeria, and it's just flies and mosquitoes no, yeah. and malarias, and a dude's got a hyena on a chain, and you're like, what the fuck? Would you? Most of Africa is. Fucking crazy! Really crazy. So wild, crazy place, man. Yeah. I just got back from there. I was Did just, you really? I was just in South Africa. Oh, that's right. You were doing yeah. gigs out there. Yeah, it was awesome. Was it, was it so cool? People were so nice. Yeah, crowds were fucking awesome. And then I met other Africans that were in South Africa, and I learned like that's the destination. Like if you live in Botswana, Mozambique, Namibia, you go like I want to go to South Africa. That's the that is the crown jewel because that's the most developed like by far by far by far and like when i was in uh i was in a casino walking through it with, with this comic who was from i think he was from uh former what is he from, he's from nigeria or somewhere i don't know mozambique i think and i was like uh so what's like you know your country like he was like man he's like you, you know how you picture africa and i was like yeah he's like that's what it's like like it's fucking open terrain and animals and tribal shit. And he goes, this shit right here, the casino, the only thing like this in my country is like where the king lives. Wow. Like, that's it. There's no shit like this at all. That's got to be so weird to have one city that's like on top of the ball and everything else is just is yeah. bar- barely keeping it together. Barely. Yeah. barely keeping it together. Yeah. It was, um, but it was, it, was a, it was an awesome experience. People were What were so the crowds like? Cool. So good, very like mixed crowds, and just juiced for the shows. I mean, I would say out of fifteen, how'd 16, your black goat jokes go? Fucking killed. <laughs> <laughs> they understand American black humor. Totally, yeah, really. They got it. They totally get it. They, they got, got They got everything. They got everything, man. Wow. Um, did you find? Did you find them to be like um, into like harsh material? Are they just? It was interesting. Uh, all the the local guys, we saw a bunch of some South African comics and a lot of them are have very political material and because it's a very politically charged atmosphere. You know, you think about that like uh, they got democracy in 94 so it's kind of like us, you know, you just fast forward like, you know, like the 60s and 70s were really politically charged in America, right? And then, right. And then you know, Theirs is like, it's fresh. So that's what everybody talks about. They talk about politics and things going on, but it's like South African politics. And then we go in and we'll talk about the mundane, like just silly, like observational shit. And some of the local guys were saying that like, that's so unusual for them. Like to, that somebody would just talk about some like small observation they made because it's all about making an impact with like your observation about what's really going on in the world or in the country right now, you know? So everybody's a preacher? I mean, there's a lot. He said that like, you can go to like, uh, you can do, go to a stand-up show in South Africa that's all locals and they'll all hit on political shit. 
He said that's not uncommon at all. That's interesting. Is it funny? Did you find it, it was, funny? There's this guy, David Cow, is a South African comic, and he was fucking tremendous. Yeah. And I didn't even know what, like, he was like, you know when somebody's really good and you don't necessarily get the reference, but uh-huh. you laugh anyways? Like, you don't even, you like, you don't know, like, I don't even know what that was. Right, right, right. But you still laugh? Just because he's just timing. It's yeah, just funny. It was like that. And wow. he fucking devastated the place. Wow. Yeah. I mean, he was so, but he was all, like, it was all about South, like, current shit in South Africa. Wow. And it was like, it was, you know. I wonder if that would translate, like, if he did the U.S. I think it's, I don't think it would. I don't think the act would. But I think he's good enough where he would just... Need to figure come out. Here and yeah, he just figure it out. He well, that was something right. that never happened with the Boston guys. There was a, a bunch of guys from Boston that Boston, like no other place, does like local material. Like my first twenty minutes was all local mm-hmm. material because you knew it would work. It was like almost sure. like it was first of all there was a lot of really funny shit about Boston, and yeah. people from Boston love laughing about Boston. Yeah. So that, like, everybody that was, like, really strong had such a Boston-centric act. Like, Steve Sweeney in Boston, I'll put him up there with the greatest stand-up performances of all time. I'm really? telling you, Steve Sweeney in Boston in the 80s used to lay them down, dude. Yeah, Just yeah. boom. Like, he was bowling strikes crushing with this Boston material. And he's just such a funny guy. He's just such a funny guy, and he had been through the, like, the hard Boston club scene for mm-hmm. you know, over a decade before yeah. I ever saw him. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's just a, he was just a bad motherfucker. Yeah. And that guy, you know, when he would go to California, he would lose like, a big chunk of his act sure. because he couldn't talk about that shit anymore. It's, it was so frustrating to me. It was like, man, you could do that about anything. Yeah. If yeah. you could hit that level of comedy, yeah. he could do that with anything. Yeah, that's the thing about that. We all, everybody thought this, by the way. We'd all, because I was there. Christina was on the, the show, too. Uh, Finesse Mitchell, Ian Bag, uh, Mitch Fatel, Brian Hayner. And we all watched David and we're like, he just goes to the States wow. and fucking, like, you know, he'd need to work, like, kind of week after week. Right. And just, if he did that for just a little, few months, he would put together a stellar fucking act, I'm sure. Well, I think now, especially because of the internet, the, the guys that are coming up over the next 10 years, there's a lot of good guys. Yeah. And I think that a lot of these good, young, up-and-coming stand-up, the stand-ups, they've had a chance to see so many good acts. Yeah online so that even if in they're in their area and their area is not so good mm-hmm. you know like there's all I'm not going to mention any names but there's some places you'll go and like oh he's the funniest local guy you yeah. should have him open for you and you have the guy open for you and he's fucking deaf yeah. just d- nonsense sure. and just bad hacky tricks and you're like oh Christ but if you're in that community all you really need is stage time Mm-hmm. If you've got like access to, you know, you can watch the the Kinnison archives. You can see Bill Hicks stuff. You can see Stanhope. You can yeah. see David Tell. You can see Norton. You can see all these different comics online. You can sort of get it. What do you enjoy? What do you enjoy? Yeah. I, know, I know you don't enjoy what that guy's doing. Right. So it's instead of thinking about like the hacky stuff that's in your neighborhood, you have access to all this stuff. Whereas like in this the 80s when I started out, there was no access to that other than like CDs and cassettes. It wasn't as immediate. Mm-hmm. You know, it, was more, it was way more difficult to sort of uh, create a scene or to, you know, to, to, to get good without like a good scene around you. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think because I always feel like I'm only as good as 
the guys that I see uh, around me on a regular basis and the guys that I perform with oh, on a yeah. regular basis. Yeah, so if you were stuck somewhere where you don't see a lot of good shit, it yeah. definitely would affect your game. Yeah, because yeah. like when I see someone really good, like when someone Stan Hope's in town or when uh, I see Diaz go up and kill or you know a tell or some you know someone I, I really respect when I see their act. I get so charged up. Uh, it gives me energy yeah. to Inspiring. go make things. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. Yeah, that that little juice, that little that little squirt of just some push to get you forward. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like so There's important for nothing us. Nothing like seeing great stand when you're a stand up yeah. and you see somebody great right at the show you're at, and you're like, "Fuck, man!" I, I'm not a fan of watching stand up. Like, really? I, I like when I'm at the comedy clubs, I try not to watch anybody. I don't watch a lot of stand up. Yeah. But I do like if there, if I know so, there's somebody either I want to see, you know, or somebody I know, and I'm like, oh, like a friend of mine or somebody who they're like, you know, this person is really good. Yeah, I don't sit through whole shows, but I'll watch that person. And sometimes it is like, man, that's fucking so exciting. You get pumped up about it. You're like, that's awesome. You get like, um, like it makes you want to work. Yeah. I could watch Joey Diaz do a, a thousand sets in a row. Probably. <laughs> well, yeah, there's definitely certain people, but like if I'm like, you know, at the improv or whatever, the ice house, and there's like all these comics going up, I would not, I don't like sitting there watching them because it seems like to me, it just, it, I'm too scared of going there and then having that, like something in the back of my head from somebody else. Or it uh, seems like that's yeah. really I easy to do. I get bored and I could get, happen. I get anxiety when I, when I sit around, I'm just watching like a, just comic after comic who I'm not. You get anxiety. About. I get like, oh, man, I can't sit here right now. Like, <laughs> what? like I just get like, I got, I'm like, I got, I gotta get up. I gotta, I can't sit through this. If I think it's like, if I sit and it's like, I'm a minute in and I'm like, oh, this is not gonna be, this is not good. <laughs> I, I have to get up and leave. You can't watch bad stand up. Is what you're I saying? I can't do it. Man. So you can watch like Louis C.K. for a fucking hours, but you can't yeah. watch uh, a bunch of like. I want to say any names, but there's a certain uh, group yeah. of people that you know you've you've seen them do stand up, and you're never going to understand oh, it. Yeah. But yet they're still bumping around, mm-hmm. and you might like be in the back of the room one day, and they're on stage, and you 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 almost have a heart attack. Fucking up and out. You got to get out of the room. Or the, they'll infect you. <laughs> I think yeah, they will. Well, do you know there's a real thought behind that? This sounds crazy, but it's. Um, uh, there's a in schizophrenics something happens to schizophrenics and I, I believe it's called allophrenia and it's a um a very rare um situation where people will go to visit crazy people mm-hmm. and become crazy while they they visited them really yeah and um they don't know <clears throat> they don't know exactly what it is and they think it might be hormonal it might be um might be something in the way you you interact with this person, but it has happened before mm-hmm. where people have gone in to visit people who are fucking crazy, yeah. and they all of a sudden people are like, "We're gonna have to keep an eye on you," mm-hmm. and then boom. So like, it's just like almost by like the association with that person. It, it could right? be that they were just always crazy as right. fuck. Nobody but it could just be pulled like it out of you're, them. You're with them. It's yeah. almost like when you what's it called when you like Stockholm syndrome where you start to like, <laughs> you start I to think sympathize you with your kidnapper. Yeah. yeah, but I mean like it's like you there's a certain exposure to that person that starts to affect you. Like on a deeper level. I don't know enough about how humans affect each other to really. When I was uh, when I was in college, I was in Psych 101. Our teacher one day we were talking about you know you're going through all the basics and then he gets to schizophrenia and he's like okay he writes it on the board he's like schizophrenia is the worst thing that could ever happen to you (laughs) and then this kid in his class in our class raises his hand and he's like yep and he's like I have schizophrenia 
I don't think Whoa. it's the worst thing that could ever happen. And we were all like, oh, you just pissed off the schizophrenic guy. Yeah, wow. And then he's like, well, what I meant was there are different stages of schizophrenia and that the worst one is the worst thing that could happen to you. Which one do you have? Like, do you have, and he's like, oh, I have like a less, like, you know, severe. He's like, oh, yeah, that's not what I meant. <laughs> but nice. It'd be, it'd be really bad. If you, nice backpedal. I'm trying to find the name of this. Uh this thing that that where where it's happened before, so the rare case of people who've visited schizophrenics, but I can't I can't seem to find. So I might I might be talking a little bit of shit because I'm just repeating some things that I think it was I think it was Terrence McKenna Terrence McKenna lecture, but um, the idea was that um, one of the the things that they think about some people when they start to lose their mind mm-hmm. is that. Um, it, it it becomes a, a pheromonal problem when they're giving off this weird smell to people, like this uh, this you know this uh, what is a you know how would you describe a pheromonal hormonal smell I guess, uh-huh. and people treat them weird. They're, it's offensive. Really? People treat them odd, and they start thinking like, "Am I odd? Am I crazy?" And that that tipping point is like really not that hard to do on some people. Really. Yeah, because if you think about how you interact with people, I'm sure you've had times in your life where you've been uh, socially awkward or you felt like mm-hmm. real weird or felt like real vulnerable, especially when you were young. Mm-hmm. Brian, you barely, you barely, <laughs> barely got one correct sentence yesterday with Kat Von D. Come on, the I looked over. He came in his pants three times. He's like sitting there. <laughs> how are you doing today so far? I keep on thinking about it. She's beautiful. I met with Mia. The so, picture oh. of you hugging her was just like, you're just in bliss. You're like, <sighs> you like he was like I'm actually I like, touching her. I like girls that think like that. Like the energy thing she said about you know. Yes, like, I, I, I love girls that think like that. She's a very nice grader. person, and she's incredibly artistic. She's a badass bitch. So many fast. She's cars. really nice too, man. She's really nice, like legit nice, like not a bullshit nice. Just a nice person. Mm. Yeah, it's nice when you see yeah. someone that's trying to do that. That's trying to do the right thing. Yeah, it's rad, bro. Where'd you get that from? From Kat Von D. From watching. Is that show. how she talks? I think so. Well, what do, are you trying to do say? Do it again. You don't. You don't think Kat do Von D is hot? Are you saying something? I think she's disparaging? hot. I said I watched her show. You I watched like every episode talks? of her show. Like yeah, man. Right. Look me in the eyes. That's not what she sounds totally like. Totally what she sounds like to me. Do it again, but look me in the eyes. Tell I want to play with your dick, red man. Is yeah. that your um, impression for yeah. everybody? Like, what Spider-Man sound like? <laughs> uh, sticky in my hand. That's a sucky impression, dude. That's terrible. I thought that was fucking spot on. Really? Yeah. Do Burt Kreischer. He's so silly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's how you guys are the time. No, I'm a big fan of Kat Von D. I watched every episode of that show. Really? Absolutely. Every you see episode. Eddie Bravo episode? Probably missed that one, but the other ones I caught. Why is me, man? What's supposed to be the ringtone fucking AT&T oh. commercial? You gave me shit about mine, too, because I have what's, it on that. What, I have the same thing. Why? I don't change my <laughs> ringtones. I just want to know if someone's calling. Okay, that's all I want to know, Brian. I don't really give a fuck what it sounds like. Kat Von like. D, I love you. Just listen. Whoa, Brian. Hey. Stop him! He's taking your girl. That's that's not cool. He just said, "Kat Von D, I love you." That's not that fair. is so not cool. Like, Listen, you do you, do, you don't understand what it was like for Lil Bry yesterday. Really? You don't know. It's adorable. You, you want to hear my new ringtone? Is it cat? Yes. Okay, stop that. 
terrible, man. You really, I need to find out what happened to you that froze you in 12. Did you spend some time with a schizophrenic person yesterday? There was some strange moment when you were 12 and you just stuck there emotionally. It's better than that ringtone. How do you even know if it's your phone if it's ringing? I don't give a fuck. You just check. How about that? How about I don't give a fuck? You should sell ringtones, man. Because <laughs> I was going through the ringtone store, and the, the the top ten ones are so dumb. Like Space Uh-oh. Unicorn was the best one, and I was just really stoned. But there's like one that's just like a black guy going, "Yo, man, answer your phone." Answer you know? your motherfucking phone, motherfucker. That's what I want. I want a white guy doing a bad black guy. How is that bad too? Just if you're in like a b- really black area and you hear the phone going, "Answer that- your phone, motherfucker." Yeah. Answer your phone. Pick up your phone, bitch. You don't think my impression of, of a black voice is good? <laughs> That's a good uh, ringtone, right? We I think it was okay. Room. It was okay. It was a little racist. What? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Did it again. kidding completely. I only said that. I only said that because it was the funniest thing to say. Okay. Um, I don't think you're racist by any stretch of the imagination. But I did. I put my, myself. I put what some people thought was a racist tweet the other day. I wrote. Uh, I saw a black guy with a Mitt Romney bumper sticker on uh-huh. his car. Mm-hmm. I go, the, the minds were right. This fucking thing is over. Yeah. Like, that's ridiculous. This black you guy had a racist piece of yeah. shit. And all of a sudden, people were saying, I want a racist piece of shit. How is that racist? Uh, I don't know. I don't know enough I about Mitt Romney to know if there was a joke in there about him and black people. Or what? I, my question is, what black guys are relating to Mitt Romney? Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's going to get you some more tweets. I need to look. I, I wish there was another alternative because I'm not really happy with either one of these guys. This yeah. is it seems silly to me. I, I, I mean, uh, I feel like socially, Obama's way better. The yeah. way he communicates is better. He's way smarter. He's way more moderate. He's more way more reasonable. I'd rather hang out with him. Way than more Mitt. impressive. Fuck yeah, I'd so way rather hang out I, I'm with Obama. Say, but what cool bums me out is that it seems like fuck. Look at all the shit that got passed while Obama was in office. I don't know how much of that had to do with him. It's it's so hard to believe that a young guy, just a few years older than me, would be so willing to give in to this ridiculous idea that giving the government more power over the people is necessary to keep us safe. Yeah. Because I think that's just total horseshit. I just think they want to lock it down. And they're slowly eroding our rights. And they're doing it in a very unconstitutional way. And that's not the way to do your job. Your job is to do it within a constitutional way. And if you, you, if you can't keep us safe in a constitutional way, it means you suck at your fucking job. You need to get better at that. But what you don't need to do is look at everybody's fucking email and, and listen to everybody's voicemail messages and track everybody's movement through GPS. And you don't need to do all that. This is crazy. Because yeah. who decides who has access to that information? Who decides? You know, people could harass you because you have different political beliefs than them or you that you're, you know, interrupting their campaign that, you know, there's there's a lot of different things that someone could do if they have influence, if they have enough power over you by, uh, by being able to, to, to track your whereabouts and yeah. listening to all, all your phone calls. That shit is ridiculous. And the fact that that's happening in America, man, that's what we always used to make fun of the Soviet Union about. That, you know, every, everybody was being a spy and spied on. And, sure. But we never thought that shit was going on over here. But meanwhile, the government just opens up the floodgates and it's all of us. I know. It's, it's so gross. And that, didn't you retweet that somebody, I didn't even know about this, and it, it amazes me that the, like, that this happens and nobody knows, that they, they audited the Fed and that they found out that like, the bailout um, amounts 
were not even close. There was trillions of dollars like in secret trillion, bail- yeah. bailouts. Yeah. And that certain companies were getting trillions. Not trillions. Even, not even like what we were told they were getting, like, let's say, $50 billion. You're like, Jesus, you got $50 billion? Yeah. No, they got like $1.3 trillion. Yeah, it's insane. And, and that was like, uh, the, like, it was in the news, but like, I feel like nobody really, they were like, oh, yeah, that's what I, happened. I don't get it, man. I don't, I don't understand it, how any of it flies. It's the, I mean, the whole idea that you that first of all, the whole idea that the only way to fix all this shit is to take more money from us is fucking berserk. Yeah, that is so bonkers. That's the stupidest idea ever. It's like you're telling me that you just have to, no matter what, keep these defense budgets the way they are now. That's what they're saying, essentially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're saying, look, look, we're not going to shrink that. So let's just concentrate Move on it along. whacking yeah. some things off and some other. It's this giant chunk of money is being thrown at this yeah. ridiculous situation, this horrific situation, rather. And no, I can't fix that. That is just what yeah, it is. You know, we'll cut that a little bit. Yeah. We're going to cut that a little bit. Yeah. We've got no money for pizza in school, though. Yeah. You know, it's it's uh, the idea that you know when you're going to need a little bit more from everybody. Like, no, you don't. You need to stop spending money on shit that we don't want you to spend money on. What the fuck? Where's the money going? And nobody. The thing is, like, not only defense, but nobody is ever really willing to make concessions. Nobody wants to give up whatever their cause is or whatever their committee they sit on. Just go somewhere else. So you end up finding like a group of people that are all agreeing to not make any any deals like no just take from somebody else just not us and it goes around the circle and then you're like all right that was fun fucking nobody gave made any concessions at all first of all the only way we're going to fix this whole world problem is we're going to have to be able to read each other's minds people are just too full of shit language is just one step on an ever-ending or never-ending rather process of of getting closer and closer to each other. Mm-hmm. Language is a, a, the ability to do it in expression, and you say what you you comes out of your mouth. I I know what you're saying. I know who you are. You yeah. talk. I know who you are. We're going to be able to get past that. That's what the next step is. The next step is we're going to be able to read each other's minds. And until then, we're going to have a really hard time with this fucking thing because people are full of shit and people misinterpret people's words and people are touchy and people don't know why they're really mad. And, you know, there's a lot of the problems with normal human communication. And part of it is I can only gauge your intent by guesswork. I can only gauge your intent by how you how you respond, guesswork and 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 then. You know, you put it into the, the computer that is your brain and try to figure out if this person's good for my life, is this person bad for my life, is this person my friend, are they looking out for me? Eventually, we're going to just read each other's minds. That's all going to be bullshit. You're going to know who's a cunt. Yeah. Cunts are going to know they're cunts. They're going to have to straighten up. It's going to be like a, a beautiful moment. Yeah. But you're also going to know, you know, all the creepy shit about people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to definitely get past the idea that the only way I can communicate is through some noise, some mouth noise and some text messages. Just looking at somebody, you think? Well, look at the interface of text messaging. I mean, look at how that's already got, you're, you're, you've already got this new way to communicate with people that are nowhere near you. Yeah, you know, so you're you're getting a little bit of their information, a little bit of their personality, a little bit of their mind through this little text that's coming in on your phone. Yeah. Well, eventually that's gonna it's gonna morph into the next thing, whatever the fuck it is. It's gonna be people that let you ride along, where you could tap into their consciousness and you could walk around with them and shit. Yeah. I don't, I don't see that being outside the realm of possibility. I think that's totally possible that you could eventually get to a point where a person interfaces with some sort of an internet connection in 
um, maybe some some sort of something that you would wear in your head that stimulates various parts of the brain with electrical impulses or something that can you know trigger certain experiences if they figure out how to really wire that maybe they'll actually have to fucking drill some holes in your head and shit and put little little conductors that you have to (laughs) screw shit into but people would totally do it if you could actually work that out probably and and ride along with each other yeah like you could go uh if you were a real sense (laughs) if you were a real freak you know like those dudes like watching their wives fuck fuck other guys yeah they could like be their wife sure while she gets fucked by oh, this giant she, black guy yeah yeah mm. why's gotta be black because <laughs> that's scariest <laughs> the big guys one but big black guys the scariest if, or that's maybe like what is the thing it's not like cuckolds is that what yeah, they yeah. call them yeah mm. guys who like watching other guys fuck their wives in yeah. front of them that's yeah that's interesting. That's to me. Sure is. And that's the real fucking, that's the exciting point for them. Like, this guy's about to drill my wife. This is fucking awesome. Oh, that's so crazy. Yep. Yep. And they, wow. want, her, they want her to get fucking hammered. You know? what, but how can that end in anything other than murder-suicide? Can it? I don't know, no. but I was just thinking you could never switch it. You could never fuck a girl in front of your wife and she's just sitting there brushing her hair really you know slow and i don't think so unless she was crazy yeah. but but it's but it's not normal that a guy would sit there and get off on that Hell either no that's not normal at all yeah man. some guys are just real freaks yeah but there's everything you know you yeah. get i mean shit that's well put there's everything that yeah. really is what the the answer is and we didn't really know that as much when we were kids that's why you were subject to get accosted by like uh, some predator, yeah. Because you never knew any predators, so we didn't we didn't have access to nearly as much information. Yeah, no. the internet really exposes you. Fuck yeah! And Every then, kid knows about pedos now. Yeah, they got a pedo bear. Mm. You know, I mean, pedos weren't something that everybody talked about when I was a kid. It was, it was like, you keep away from that man. He's a bad man. Yeah, yeah. And you'd be like, oh, who's the bad guy? That yeah. bad guy over there? Why is he bad? The guy by the park. Why he's yeah. Bad. yeah. Nobody understood why. Now kids know and about pedophiles. Now you pedophiles. understand like, how many kinks there are. Like, there's all these, you go online, so yeah. these subcategories of shit. And you're like, that's a thing? Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. You're just exposed yeah. to it all. And, and so we're like adults now, but you realize that, like, if you look back on, like, fifth grade you, he's aware. Yeah, of that ten-year-olds are online. Well, there's all these. Like, oh, there's this shit. Okay. There was always specialty things. There was always like, like, but it was hard to find them. Like, if you were gonna be into weird freak shit, yeah. Like some dudes are into feet, yeah. And they were they were actual feet magazines. Yeah, nice. We I found a, a feet porno magazine with my friends. Can I have it in the woods? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, can I have it? <laughs> we were wandering through the woods and we found a, a pile of magazines, like in a plastic bag. Yeah. And if you found them in the woods, they were almost sixty percent of the time they were porn. Right. right. If you found a dude who went to read magazines in the woods, there was a lot of <laughs> yeah. people that would go and they would just that's, go beat off in the woods. That's man. so great. I love that. And dudes that go to read magazines yeah. in the woods. And they left their stash back there. So mm-hmm. we would go find their stash. And so it was me and uh, my two friends. And uh, as uh, they were opening the, the pages, my friend, there were two. One dude was from Argentina. The other dude was from Cuba. Yeah. And we're, we're in Florida. And mm-hmm. we're peeling back these pages. And this kid stops and he goes, Man, I think this shit is just dicks and feet. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, that's the quote of the day, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. And it was it one of the first times I, I had ever saw uh, anybody like so clearly say what the fuck yeah. when they don't really want an answer. Right? You know? Yeah, yeah. That that you know when you say like 
what the fuck. Yeah, you don't really, yeah. It was just like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. he knew, I didn't know. I knew he didn't know. We were 11. We were yeah. looking at, like, dudes jerking off on feet. Yeah, and- <laughs> I guess the whole thing. I've been wanting that to be a thing. I didn't know it was. I found the creepiest new fetish uh, out yesterday. It's called belly punching. Oh, where no. It's just guys and girls punching uh, other girls in the belly really hard. Really? And they I get don't- off on it. Don't and, do that. I don't want to watch that. Man. Yeah, and the videos are just really disturbing. I it's from Brazil. Yeah, don't I don't get that, off. On please it. shut that off. I, that that stuff bugs me. Yeah, I don't get off on it, but I've seen it, and it was like it was so extreme that I was like in tears, laughing. What was of it? The ball kicking. Oh Jesus! Like, but so I saw one, and I was like, oh, that's clearly that guy has a cup on. You know, like you can tell. Mm-hmm. But this one was genuine, and <sighs> she was like, she was kicking like fifty yard field goals, like lining up. And teeing off, and he was like, oh. his legs were shaking. And then she's like, "Yes, suffer, suffer," and like fucking. What the fuck is that about? I don't know, man. But somebody's like, somebody's not watching that like to laugh. They're watching that. That is the most erotic, arousing thing. I got kicked once so hard in a tournament. I've been kicked many times, but I got kicked once in a tournament where my cup slammed into my balls. And it Shit. it was I was fucked up. My my balls swole up. They were purple and they swole up. Like it's sw- it swole up like twice the size of normal. Do you have any photos? What I don't understand. I don't understand how the guy can physically take it. What you say? Do, do I have what? Do you have any photos? I would have taken no, photos, of, take photos of it. I was only uh, like sixteen or how seventeen. Do you, how did they physically talk? Like because like that obviously affect, were you like huh? Like oh, I was fucked up, man. I've been kicked in the balls and it's like I can't even. I wouldn't be able to like if there was a second kick. I just shit myself. And I got a boner on the way home, though, so I was happy. I was oh, happy that it still good. worked. It was almost like my body was letting me know. On the way because home. that was when I was like, when I was like 16 or 17, I would get those random boners. I could yeah. be walking, and it would just get a complete hard on, like yeah. out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is this doing here? It's cool, too. You didn't know. Cool. <laughs> it's, it's like giving a blind person a gun. Yeah. You know, you're like, what is, where's, what's up? what is this, a trigger? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what you're doing when uh, you're when you have a 17 year old kid just walking around with a boner. I would crank out so many. Seventeen, <laughs> fucking so ridiculous. Man. You're always horny. Yeah, and then, and like that that chamber is fucking reloaded immediately. Yeah, like, immediately. And what's really fucked up is that that is probably like one of the biggest shifts as a human being that your life makes from no sex at all. To boom, having a girlfriend when you're in your teenage mm-hmm, years, mm-hmm. which is confusing as fuck. Yeah. I mean, your teenage years are a mess. And in that, you're having relationships, you're making you out with people, and your penis yeah. is going into girls' vagina. It's mm. the best you've ever felt in your life. Yeah. And she's on the pill, so you can squirt it in her. Mm. That's, that's, you get so confused. You get so baffled. You're so fucking twisted, just so absorbed in that person. And that's why you see so many people that age. Like throw everything else away for that mm-hmm. relationship because yeah. they can't. It's also it's addict behavior. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we've all been guilty of it. Sure. Addict behavior is not just physical addiction. It's just like squirrely thinking. Yeah. You know, <laughs> addict behavior is like some. There's a lot of like different activities that shouldn't really exist for our shitty minds, but they do exist. Mm-hmm. And people can't help 
because of the fact that they have access to casinos, there's certain people that cannot fucking help it. Yeah, yeah. They're drawn in there and they want to gamble. They want yeah. action. That's what they live for. It's, it's, I've seen it. It's craziness. And they'll go on these programs. No, I'm not gambling anymore. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm done. The mm-hmm. next thing you know, I'm just going to try a little. I can handle it now. It's all about management. Boom, back in the slide. Crazy, yeah. in debt. Never get, and it's not. It's, there's no. There's no drugs. There's no dealer. There's no. Just there's the, no poisoning. There's just fucking this weird idea that you need to fucking pull that lever and see those lemons. Lemon, 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 give me the fucking money. I'm so glad I don't have that. Oh, and that. then they take that oh. money and go right back in. It's fucking horrifying. There was man. a guy named White Plains Charlie. When I was uh, a kid and I used to play pool at Executive Billiards, he was the first guy that I ever met that was an absolute 100% gambling junkie. Mm-hmm. This guy didn't do a goddamn thing for a living. He lived off of handouts and yeah. games. He would Degenerate. hustle pool. Yeah. He slept in like homeless shelters and, you know, in different people's houses and, you know, had apartments in like real, real squirrely situations. And he would just come down the pool hall and go to the racetrack. And that's all this guy did. Yeah. That's all this guy did. He was over. Always in action. He was always in action. Fucking ponies. And it was such a a sad guy because he was in his like seventies, you know. Mm. And he was like, you know, just a really tiny, tiny man. And people would yell at him, and they'd fucking treat him like shit because he was always broke, and he would yell at them, and and he would always lose his money. Shit. Those guys. I almost had those motherfuckers. (laughs) I'm supposed to have seven, seven, five. You know, he'd have some number problem that went wrong on him. Of course. You know, that would have paid 2,000. 2,000. Can you believe that shit? I can't tell you how many conversations I had with White Plains Charlie. Well, he would come in there and go, Joe, you ain't going to believe this. They got me at the track again. I'm down there. And I was like, at the time, maybe 22. 23 years old yeah. so the whole thing to me was just completely baffling yeah. I was like wow this guy's out of his fucking head for sure this is crazy like yeah. he just can't stop gambling I've never seen anything like it I know a poker guy like that Ooh, just can't stop they can't stop can't stop they and get sweaty hands I, I was completely addicted to playing that Quake game 100% were, huh? 100% I loved it loved it loved it loved it hours and hours a day I didn't if you were talking and I was listening to you talk and you were boring the shit out of me and be like why am I spending time doing this when I could be playing Quake and my time would be awesome as always really yeah I would not want to talk to people I would want to just sit in front of the computer with the headphones on because you could hear like who's walking on the right hand side you oh, could right. hear like footsteps on the right yeah. or footsteps on the left yeah. uh, you have to you have to creep because if you walk, you don't make any noise. But if you want to jump, if you want to strafe jump, if you want to run, you mm-hmm. make noise. Yeah. And I would get addicted, dude. Wander down hallways, rocket launcher and people in the heads. It's fun as fuck. I used to, I've been lost in video games before, too. It's addict behavior. Yeah, totally. The real problem is it doesn't make you ultimately feel like you got anything done. Like, if I put the same amount of effort into making podcasts or the same amount of effort into like doing stand-up, I feel like I got something done, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. But if you're just out there fucking throwing qu- squares with numbers around, <laughs> you know, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're playing cards? What are you doing? There's yeah. nothing actually happening. Yeah. You're playing Quake. I fucking killed everybody. Nothing really happened. No. Okay? You just got you just got jolted. <laughs> nothing was really created. And eight hours went yeah. by. You basically gave all your time, you know, to this uh, to this artificial experience. And, you know, you got an adrenaline rush out of it. It was a lot of fun. It was great. But, but ultimately, nothing was created. 
Whereas, like, if you took that same amount of time and you decided, I'm going to draw a picture, or I'm going to paint something, I'm going to write a song, like, a, the, an actual physical thing manifests itself that people can enjoy. Mm-hmm. Or fucking rocket launchers, it's lightning bolt guns oh, and yeah. shit, and gunning people down. Halo. Yeah. You don't get anything out of that. It's weird. Is that your game, Halo? Used to be. I tried to, I, I'd step away. I literally forced myself not to get on game systems that much anymore because I would I would do that and I would do uh, Madden and NCAA <laughs> Madden's Fucking, supposed to be awesome ugh, I NCAA, heard Madden the, the college one so I would play because I, I like college ball a lot I would play you could create a player you start your team and then play a season. Did you make white guys would, win? Uh, I would make I would make fucking Tom run a four three forty. Of course, <laughs> would, you would give him ridiculous would, power. Absolutely, I'd be like Vikings. six three two thirty, just fucking yoked. Yeah, absolutely, just Vikings, Vikings, an, an army of Brock Lesnar. I would play the full. I would say I would play. I would do the spring thing, spring ball, and then right. play fucking twelve game season. The, the the conference game and the and the bowl game and then recruit players for the because you can recruit and right. recruit them for the next year and fucking I'd played you know fourteen games in a row and I'm like holding on for the next season to start and this is like in one sitting wow so, yeah it's it's hours and hours <laughs> it's not good man it's not good. well that's the same thing with poker too right I mean when people start playing yeah. poker don't they disappear absolutely and the guys that, the guy that I know that 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 does it the most like. Not only are you disappearing doing all that behavior, but it's also fucking losing his livelihood, you know? Like, <laughs> like shit, I'm fucking down 500 today. And this, and then you get, it's hard. It's hard back. to make a living yeah. playing poker. You I mean, you got to be super good. You I mean, all props to those Daniel Negrano type characters that have been named Phil Ivy and all these guys that, Do you that like I hear poker? about. I don't um, play it. Um, I don't like cards. It's not that I don't like cards. It's just it's not something that I'm interested in doing because yeah. when I was a, a kid and I would play pool, the card games would always interrupt the pool action. Oh, really? And everybody would be like, Jesus Christ, is this a card place or a pool hall? Yeah. Like guys that would you would normally get bets with, they wanted to go gamble because that's all pool halls were about. Yeah. All pool halls were about was like hobby people who were into uh, just knocking balls around with their friends who never got good and then either tournament players or gamblers. Yeah, and so the tournament players are usually both tournament players and gamblers. So there's always gambling, unless some asshole came around with a, a deck of cards because you can't. You don't. You can miss when you're playing pool. Yeah. You know, you can miss. You can play on a gaffy table where the pockets are weird, and this guy might know the table better than you do, so he knows what spots to avoid. Yeah, but with poker. You can't. You, there's no missing. You just you're really gambling. You're just gambling. You know you're you're using your intelligence, yeah. but you're also gambling. I don't get poker. Yeah. I don't have the mind for it, man. I'm really powerful. Not. CTO coconut water. Thank you very much. I'm not into it, man. I'm the intimidated th- by numbers, and I'm intimidated by um, just like the game itself. I've never been. Drunk. Seems like an awesome game. Yeah. It seems like a, a real absorbing game, though. It seems like a very like you have to really be a, a bad motherfucker to understand the in and outs of poker and to have like. You know, years and years of intuition. I mean, those are special dudes. They they, they obviously have special minds. Mm-hmm. Just for me, my my, I was always so absorbed with things that required execution, physical execution as well as like mental. And that's why I liked Quake because it was like this hand-eye coordination thing. That was what I was getting my rocks off on. And that's the same thing with pool. So to me, it's like it was always a physical thing as well as a mental thing. Yeah. I felt like the real, the real thrills to me were when I can combine the two things together. 
when I could combine a physical experience and a mental experience. Mm-hmm. That's why I like jujitsu. That's why I like playing pool. So the card thing was lacking the physical part. Right. There was no execution. I didn't right. have to execute. So that was it was like way less exciting. I was like, you can't compare the difference between when you're watching a guy gambling and he's gambling for ten thousand dollars a set of nine ball and yeah. every fucking pocket he's putting his hands on his shirt and blowing on his hands and putting talcum powder on he's sweating and he's trying to keep it together you're trying to like really gently control how a ball spins and collides with another ball and you know make sure that you hit it just enough so that it lands perfectly for the next one all while you're gambling you know, I mean, that's what, what's exciting. When you're just sitting there with cards, and you, you know what card to pick, stupid. Just pick the fucking card, dude. Yeah. It's like you win or you don't win. It's like yeah. it's not the same loss. Right. A guy shoots your nuts in in a game of pool. Like if you're playing, 10, you're playing a race to 10, and he breaks and runs out 10 games on you, you lose. You don't even get a chance to play. Like that can happen. Has that, that has happened, to you happened. Before, really? Not to me, no. but it has happened in the past. Ten in a row, just run the whole thing. It's happened more than once. Wow. There was uh, one guy who did it for a million dollars. Ooh. Yeah, they had a, a insurance policy to uh, see who could uh, run if you could run ten racks in a row, which had never been done in a competition before. You could win a million dollars. It had only been done like a couple of times. Like Johnny Archer ran ten and out on Francisco Bustamante. They were gambling, and that was like a legendary story because Francisco Bustamante doubled the bet after Johnny Archer ran ten and out on him. He was like, "This guy can't keep this shit up." Yeah, doubled the bet in the in the next game, which is really nuts. Fuck. And then the other one was this Earl Strickland guy who uh, they had this 10-rack thing where they were insured for a million bucks. But the insurance company didn't want to pay because they couldn't believe it had been done. They couldn't believe, like, they, they found the statistics. No one had ever broken run out 10 racks ever in any, you know, modern nine-ball tournament that they could have on record. So they said, listen, I don't think it's much of a gamble. We'll bet a, billion, a million dollars. If someone does it, they win a million dollars. Earl Strickland did it the first fucking tournament they had. Jesus. <laughs> I think it was the first. It was either the first or the second. He broke and ran 10 racks like a demon, fired in combinations on the nine-ball. I mean, it was ridiculous shit. It was like movie shit. I, I and they denied him. I think he he wound up settling, but he never got like the full they million. They denied bucks. him, really? I think he only got like a quarter million bucks or something like that. I hope I'm I'm wrong, but he's like one of the greatest players of all time. And uh, and you know, and he gambles too. He does like those action challenges, those uh, action report matches where they uh, they have um, uh, online. They'll uh, have like just two guys playing for like twenty five thousand bucks. They'll both yeah. like put up the money, and then they'll. They'll have like a gambling contest. You ever played, uh, what's the other one called? Like, is it Scoot? Snooker? Snooker? No, I've never it's played that. The same principle, but smaller. Table, well, right? um, it requires uh, some incredible fundamentals. You, there's more um, room for error in, in a game pool than there is in Snooker. First of all, because in Nine Ball, like the chosen gambling game, Nine Ball, the balls are all wild. So what that means is you, if you miss the one ball in the corner pocket, but it spins around and lands on the side, it still counts. You just you keep going. When snooker, I don't think that would ever count. I think snooker is like very precise. You know, okay. I think you know, and you have to move balls. I don't really totally completely understand it. And the table's fucking huge, and the balls are tiny, and the pockets are tiny as shit. And there's certain ways where you shoot it, it doesn't accept the ball the same way it does on a pool uh, table. Like, I don't think you can cut a ball down the rail the way you can on a, on a, on a regular pool table. So it's a, it's, it's a little bit of a different sort of a game. But mm-hmm. snooker players notoriously are good at pool. 
They uh, like some like oh. the top world snooker players, like these English guys, can kill Steve it. Davis. Yeah, they they these uh, these guys are awesome snooker players, like world you know t- world champions. They come over to pool, and then eventually they start Ronnie O'Sullivan. Eventually they start fucking up the Americans. Really it takes time. Yeah, well, the Americans there's um there's like a few high level guys, but um the the European guys have such a strong team, man. It's like there's so many guys. Like the the Americans might have like the best guys of all time, like Johnny Archer, one of the best guys of all time. Earl Strickland, one of the best guys of all time. Shane Van Boning, one of the best guys of all time, and one of the best guys right now. But the Europe is like there's so many fucking players that are killers. Really, there's so many. Pool is huge over there, man. It's weird how many good guys in Asia. They say in Asia, like there's parts of Asia where pool is fucking enormous. The Philippines, especially, it's enormous. Like you go there, it's like one of their most, uh, their like number one um, behind soccer. I think. I think it's soccer. The the Philippines into soccer. Uh, Does that make sense? Or is it baseball? Am I I making cricket? Maybe. No, <laughs> we're just making shit up. Bocce? No, well, I mean, I slip and slide. Chicken. I'm amazed by how sports, like culturally, like, evolve. They, well, also how certain places like so love a sport and do not give a fuck about another sport. You yeah, know? like cricket would be a great example of like it's big in some of the islands. It's huge in India, India. Pakistan, um, Australia, South right. Africa. I mean, that shit is like... Is it a gambling game? Is that why it's big? I don't know if it's a gambling game, but like you watch it, and I'm like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. And clearly, nobody in this country who's not from one of those countries, like, nobody gives... I don't know the rules. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's difficult to follow. Like, you see the, the number, you're like, what? And it's like a five-day game, you know? You, you don't understand why they're celebrating. Pass. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather do croquet. Uh, I just, I can't get into it. But, you know, it's same so thing. Silly. Billiards, soccer football like those are it's very regional specific people. well i think you get into a game and then once you get into it you understand the skill behind it and then that's what you you know that look it, it it's so weird and people are willing to fall into things so odd just look at the way baseball uniforms look mm-hmm. like what the fuck are you dressing like why do you have to dress like that for this stupid game? You're dressing like you live in a different century. What kind of stupid button-up shirt are you wearing? What the fuck is with your, your socks? socks your what eyes. the fuck is with your tight pants? If you were just a regular dude walking around with those pants you're in the street, asshole. I'd say, get the fuck away from my kids. Yeah. But because you're, you're playing some asshole. silly game, you have to dress like a, a, a pilgrim? This is ridiculous. It this is. game's retarded beyond belief. Yeah, I know. It, it needs to be revamped. It's like one step away from a pirate's fucking out. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And it's a ridiculous game. It's just fucking boring as shit. It takes too long. I, I can't like do it. it. I've never can't do it. it. I liked it. I liked playing it when I was a kid. And when you like playing it, you understand what the skills involved in, you know, hitting a 94 mile an hour fastball that's, or, that's you know, fucking really skilled. But. Yeah. Catching a ball that's like over the fucking top of the wall. Yeah. But who cares? Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't like baseball. Um, I like football. That's by far my favorite. Sport. I like women's softball. Sports yeah. are awesome. I'll tell you yeah. what, man. Anything that's hard is awesome. Anything where you get into it and you try to express yourself and and you know and show your your ability to concentrate and focus through a ball or through whatever the fuck it is that you're doing in any sport. Yeah. I love watching it. I love watching competition. I love watching. I love watching people pay off like hard work paying off. That's, sure. That's like. 
to me, I, I want to see that shit all the time. Even tennis. I don't give a fuck about tennis. But I watched some tennis the other day. I just yeah. watched it. I was like, whoa, that guy's really trying to hit that ball. And he's really trying to get Oh, That's he's really close. Impressive. I don't really give a fuck what's going on because yeah. it's not my thing. But if I was a tennis head instead of a pool head, yeah. it's the same thing. It is. It I could have easily thing. gotten hooked on tennis or baseball or golf. This is a fucking era, a golden era for tennis, too. There's is it? Bad motherfuckers playing. Really? Fuck yeah. I mean, who's that guy? The guy that beat Serena and um, the other one? What are the other, the other William's name? Venus? Yeah. Uh, Venus and Serena. He beat them both. Really? Yeah. A man? After he played he played golf, drank beer, and then uh, played uh, one, one seven to one or whatever the fuck this was. Really? Scores. Yeah, beat them both. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't Some know about dude. that. I oh, know yeah, that, yeah. like. I'll do it. I'll, I'll pull it up. That, yeah, like, it's it's uh, a famous uh, case. Federer is, you know. Uh, like just amazed like if you look at his he's career. like one of the all-time best right oh, now right by far yeah, yeah and they Nadal. say that he's um he's like they could put him up there with McEnroe in his prime oh, any God, of those yeah. guys oh he he devastates like, incredible absolutely dominates people that's amazing and he's been doing it consistently now for just years man and the dolls also up there and uh what's his name just retired uh, Roddick and everybody was like if his peer class wasn't so good he would be he would have won so many more titles, but he just happens to be around uh, uh, in this era of like so many just absolutely dominant tennis players. Yeah, I don't follow it enough, but I would assume that that's just the case with everything right now, right? I mean, like, so many isn't the case with basketball teams? Well, uh, here's an example of one where it's not, like the okay. um, heavyweight boxing division. So people say this is just the an era where it's not as as competitive and as big. There's not as many big, exciting fighters. So, you know, we don't talk about right now as being the most exciting time. And, I mean, you know, boxing in general is taking a dip, but, like, people have always been drawn to the heavyweight division in boxing. You know, it's the most... It's the one that, that people always like big, you know, so the heavyweight boxers right now, you know, I guess yeah. you could... The Klitschkos. The Klitschkos pretty much own it. I mean, yeah. part of that, you could argue, hey, they're not American, so Americans get excited about American heavyweights, basically. And those guys have been dominant. They're not American. But, you know, the division pretty much has a lot of journeymen, and they go up and they give it a shot, and sometimes the belt switches hands, but it's pretty much the Klitschkos to, to run through, and people don't talk about this as like, wow, this era right now, you know, heavyweight yeah. boxers are. It's like, not a great era. It's not a great era. No, you know? it's but, not a, like a Holyfield or Lennox Lewis yeah. type era. And there's and there's and then like another guy would pop up. And yeah. Bo, you know, Bo would pop in, and you'd be like, "Oh shit, who's this guy?" And it's weird that two white guys are running shit. Running, <laughs> two, it, yes. two white Russian dudes who are doctors. This uh, are running shit. Did I tell you, I went to this. I went to this boxing uh, gym in uh, in Glendale, and I was a guy there who's like trained a bunch of them and he said basically like those guys they train like all right a thousand right crosses and like yeah they're willing to do some shit that and like if Americans one are not willing up, to do they're like start that shit over and so like technically every punch is always exactly like executed yeah like never off you watch them it's just like it's perfect execution and but it's not exciting before you know? anybody has a chance to get good they nip them yeah. go get them quick go before get, he gets yeah. yeah as soon as the guy becomes even remotely into contention go and, get him and the guy the, yeah. the 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 trainer guy was like he's he's foreign so he has this heavy accent and he's like telling me about like different he's like now if you ever fight with a mexican 
You know, they're like dogs. They're just going to fight, 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 fight. fight. I'm like, okay. I was like, do you Jesus tell everybody that? Christ. Yeah, he's like, but it's fuck, dude. It's such that foreign mindset. Right. Of like, this is no, this is just how it is. Just and racism is a and just no like big deal. he's like he's like they, he's like you got to take a Mexican down because they'll never stop fighting. And I'm like, Jesus okay. Christ. And then he's like, the blacks. Oh, please, just great. And you're like. Okay. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. What, what was he? Yeah, he, he liked was, fighting black guys. No, no. He was like, they're just, you know, like he's like, uh, he was talking about Floyd, and he was just like, you know, um, technically, um, just fantastic puncher. Like, oh yeah, Floyd uh, Mayweather does everything perfect, perfect. Yeah. But on top of that, has out of control. Uh, Reflexes, skills, and, skills. And improvising skills, and he's defense. trained perfectly. I mean, his yeah. brother Roger, you know, I mean, his, his uncle, uncle rather, yeah. Roger, yeah. Roger Mayweather was a fantastic boxer. His dad was a good we'll boxer. Talk about Victor Ortiz. Yeah, that was the best soundbite ever yeah, from twenty four seven. That thing was so ridiculous. I that love fight, that, shit. that fight was so ridiculous. He sucker punched that dude. Yeah, the guy's looking at the referee and he's like, "Bitch, we're still fighting." Crack. Fighting, yeah. Blam. That was weird of Ortiz though too. You he's know? a silly bitch. That was so. And then uh, he kind of gave it up. But then like uh, we talked about um, what's his name. Uh, I like the way Victor Ortiz fights though, man. That guy's crazy. Yeah, he's a tough. guy. He just he's messed up. Kid. He just made an error. Yeah. You know. Um, what's the Filipino? I can't even think right now. Uh, so Who's the Manny Pacquiao? Pacquiao. Um, How like, dare you call lives, him the Filipino? Uh, uh, One of the greatest boxers I in just the history of the world. On his name, maybe uh, the greatest. If you uh, really think about accomplishments, but he, you know, tech, like he leaves the ground, like yeah, know, oh yeah, jumps, throws his legs into his punches. Fucking powerful man. Ooh, he yeah. hits so hard. A lot of his power comes from his legs. He's a powerful dude. Manny Pacquiao is a, yeah. a fucking murderous puncher. He he when he fought. Um, fuck's his name um the dude he broke both his eye sockets shit margarita yeah antonio yeah, margarita, yeah. Right? yeah. the guy who was disgraced for using plaster in his mm -hmm. knuckles yeah yeah boy he paid that price karmically he paid that price man because pacquiao beat his fucking eyes in he beat his eye so bad they had to replace the lens in his eye with an artificial lens oh my god yeah did he ever fight again yep yeah fuck yeah fuck. he did yeah he got back in there Jesus Christ, yeah. man. He got back in there and fought Miguel Cotto. And Miguel Cotto was one of the guys who he beat where they suspected he did something to his gloves because he was fucked the dude up, like murderously fucked him up. And he never really did that with anybody. Like he was just knocking motherfuckers out cold. Cotto? No, no, Margarita. Oh, Margarita, Before they yeah. found the plaster in his gloves. Because he did it to Cotto, though, right? Didn't yeah, he, he, he did. He did, he did, did. it to Cotto. He did the first time, but the second time, Cotto stopped him. Yeah. But it was, uh, I think it was like a cut or some shit that stopped him. But Margarito uh, couldn't couldn't really hit his heart after they caught him with the plaster. Yeah, <laughs> that was that's scary shit to think that a guy was like making his career Jesus putting man. rocks in his gloves. Like Oof. what a what a mean dickhead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's not. He's totally cheating. Yeah, and, and getting and, away with it, and giving you like definitely fucking. More aggravated brain damage than you would be getting. You know yeah. what I mean? He's hitting you with fucking casts in your face. Yeah, like that's really shaking up the inside of your head. There was a fight during the, I think it was the '80s, where uh, a guy had pulled Panama Lewis had pulled the stuffing out of a guy's gloves. Yeah, I remember that. And it was this kid. I, I believe the kid's name was Louis Resto, the boxer, and then the other one was Billy Collins. I think it was. I forget. I forget what the guy's name was. But the poor kid, it like ended his career, and the because he, he just got bare knuckled in the died. face. Yeah, well, he crashed into uh, yeah. a tree. They think he committed suicide. And the guy Panama Red was 
uh, Panama sus- Lewis. Lewis was uh, was was suspended like years. The fighter, I don't think he ever fought again, and he denied any you know wrongdoing until a few years ago, and he he ga- he gave it up on camera. Really? Yeah, yeah. The boxer. Like, Wh- which fight? About the the fight that you're talking about. But they found that right away though. But the box, the guy that was guilty uh-huh. of like the guy who, who Panama was training. Yeah, I believe it was Louis Resto. He he denied it and was like, I didn't. Uh, he didn't know that, that he didn't know exactly. Like it was right. an accident. And, so that's silly. And you would family, know what the first punch you threw. His family always had his back. Like they're like, you know, it wasn't no. it wasn't on him. And then on camera with his family there, he was like, No, nah, I know what I did. Oof. And they're just devastated. Yeah. That's a terrible, terrible, terrible thing to live with, man. That's not just cheating. That's like, oh, that's horrific, man. Yeah, you basically, you know. You ruined a guy's life. Yeah, you did. Ruined a guy's life. A guy who was really good at competing under a set of rules. And you just fucking totally hijacked the whole thing. On TV, you stupid fuck. Yeah. On TV, beat a guy up with no no padding in your gloves. That's unreal. So you just bare knuckled. Crazy. Just, you cheated. Yeah. You cheating yeah. asshole. Isn't it crazy that you still get all these guys... Every single year in every sport that all still cheat. Cheat. And, yeah. you know, the Olympics, they, they took some, I forget, some somebody's medal was, you know. One guy had marijuana in his system. Oh, really? Yeah, the motherfucker. Had weed in his system? Yeah, some uh, skier or some shit. Uh, that's not well, skier I can see. I uh, saw someone got kicked off the team for weed. Was but, it judo? Oh, there was a judo guy. Judo yeah, guy. there was a judo guy who got kicked but off. But you see the performance enhancing shit. And yeah. you're like, how are you still, like, you know they're going to come after you, man. There's a lot of different shit that people are doing that they've got away with in the past, I think. And they're yeah. slowly starting to clamp down on that thing. And fucking Armstrong. Well, he's done. crazy. Well, the crazy thing about Armstrong is he's only done by this one, like, it's an American yeah. thing that's it's gone the after United him. United States. Anti-doping, whatever the fuck yeah, it is. Yeah. But that has nothing to do with the Tour de France. So when they say that he doesn't have the uh, the eight Tour de France, notice how I say France. Yes. It's sophisticated. Yeah. I've yeah. been to the airport in Paris. But when he, they, the, they're saying that... I, I thought like they the United did have jurisdiction. They do? I thought so, because... I mean, everything that I saw was he was stripped of his seven yeah, titles. I, I've heard that he was stripped by these people, that they yeah. don't recognize it. Yeah. But I don't know if he was necessarily stripped by the, the whoever the fuck puts on the Tour de France. He definitely did what they said he did. Though. You think so? Look Absolutely. at you. Tommy Guns is 100%. I do not believe in these witch hunts for for like people that are essentially... Uh, like heroes and super like nobody accuses um you know Michael Jordan of having done this nobody ac- accuses um you know Joe Montana of having done this they do it because it's there his teammates have all come come clean about it they've all said we all did this shit everybody and then when you finally have your chance you finally have your chance to be like this is the last he's like you know what enough's enough really enough's enough that's the. I'm just tired of fighting this fight. Well, you have a chance now. This is your fine. This is the like the the final lap of the of the race. This is when you go. 
I'm just, you know what, the man at some point just... Well, he's been, def- in his defense, he's been defending it for years. But you give up and let them def- like take your name and well, ruin your name Well, do you like know that? that he has passed, and I'm just playing devil's advocate here, but do you know that he's passed like 500 drug yes, tests? Yes, I do. I do. Yeah. But why Why is there a witch hunt to get somebody like that? I don't... I don't... I don't this is what, what gets me. You ever see a dude who's like killed his wife and he's on the, he's on the news and they're uh, accusing him of... Uh, of you know, like why'd you do it? Why'd you do it? And he's like, I didn't, didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And you're like, that is not how you would react if your wife was killed and they yeah. were dragging you off yeah. and you were innocent. You would be freaking the fuck out. Yeah. Like you know, yeah. you lost. What happened? You lost your loved one. Yeah. You're a crazy person. You're a crazy person that they caught doing something. Yeah. Um. So, but like, you you think that they would go after him though if he if there wasn't any evidence to support that? I don't know. Like like how. No, I'm saying like, do you like for Lance, right? Like, Lance. I mean, I don't know what they can do. I mean, I think once he's passed the drug test, he passed like 500 fucking drug tests. But they're, like, they're what claiming. You, but, but here's the thing: where's the evidence? What do you have? Do you mm-hmm. have any of his blood? And you can run it through a machine and find some shit that we didn't find before. Is I that think, if you don't have that, then what are you doing? I think they do have. They it. probably have. That. But if they do have that, that would be no. They would have said they had that. If they do have that, they would put that shit in the news. They would tell you what it is. It's not something that you can keep a secret. They have some sample, because some sample was referenced. Was some sample referenced because he tested positive for EPO? Was it that? I feel like he that tested positive for something. But what, whatever the fuck it is, you, would, you should have either got him back then, or you need to let it go and realize that now, with your new super sophisticated methods of, of testing, mm-hmm. he might not have passed those tests before. But guess what? He did. Yeah. Let's fucking move on. Yeah. Well, you know, leave the guy alone. I mean, you're going to ruin his life because he did exactly what everybody else did. He just was better at it because that's what happened. So, but if they were after him, you got to be, you have to assume that he's a real motherfucker. Here's my question, man. Why do they, why does he have to tell anybody that he was, if they were all doping? Okay. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're assuming. That's the case. We're assuming that everyone at the top of the list. And by the way, a lot of the doping does not necessarily even have to be unhealthy. Like the blood transfusions. That's not unhealthy. Blood doping is not unhealthy. It just is an, unor- an inordinate amount of blood in your body. You have a, a, a much more easy way of producing oxygen. Mm-hmm. You, uh, you can process oxygen better. Right. That's why being dehydrated is so bad for your cardio. Mm-hmm. It's like one of the most important things for you know, outdoor exercise. Well, that was, um, I think uh, that was, uh, fuck, how would, it, how would they describe it? It's um, I, I just don't think any of them can achieve the highest level without doing at least some of that. If it's not blood doping, yeah. If it's not taking EPO, if it's not taking you know some uh, fucking roots that boost your testosterone that are legal today but won't yeah. be legal in six months from now when they find out about it. There's a. It, it seems like if everybody is doing it at the very top of the list, if the, all those guys on his team got busted, yeah, I can only make sense that he could do it too. He right. So to I, I just too. think that for me, the assumption that I make, and I, again, I realize that I'm not uh, privy to any of the like evidence or information, but the assumption that I make is if all these guys say he did it, that he worked with all his former teammates. Do they, but, but associates. Do they, Everybody says it, and then the 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 doping organiza- uh, agency is so adamant about pursuing it. Like, what? Why? Why right. would you do this if there's nothing there? Right. Why are you trying to get the like? Pe- generally, that doesn't happen. People well, don't yeah, go why? after somebody 
just because. Do you think that's because like prosecutors sort of get a um, wild hair across their ass and like we're going to go get this guy and then it becomes like a competition? It could be. It, that's that's definitely possible. And they get they get you know they that that obviously happened like in that Duke lacrosse case where the the uh, the prosecutor there was like he made a fucking show of it like we're gonna. Right. Before even like reviewing uh, what like the information and the evidence, right? And then he paid a huge price because he was boasting and and trashing them before they even got in a courtroom and ended up fucking losing his license to practice. But I think part of that what he did before was from that charge he got of like I'm gonna put these these rich entitled kids uh, fucking in their place. Watch this right now, yeah. and then it came back to bite him. So yeah, mm. I think there is partly. Some of that people going after the big name, but I just don't see, I don't see them trying to do this to him for no reason. I just don't. See I, I agree with you, but I don't know what the reasons are. If yeah. he, I felt like if the guy passed that many drug tests, yeah, I mean, if and if everybody was doing what he was doing, if that's what they're saying, mm-hmm. wow, what's he just was he just better in spite of the doping? Was yeah, it, if everybody I mean, was doping clearly, and he was the best? He's the he's a super talented. Yeah, athlete, yeah, clearly he's unbelievably disciplined. Yeah. So if you're telling me they all doped, yeah, is that isn't that not a level playing field? Then it's, it's like the baseball argument. They're saying this is like the asterisk whatever era. Yeah. Because like at first it was like a few guys and then a few more and then you're like, hold on, did everybody just juice for like this five or ten year period? Right. And it's looking like. A huge percentage where it's not even news anymore. Right. When you find out that like all the all the big all the big superstars did it, you know. Yeah. All of them. It's and crazy. All the home run records were broken in that era. When you look at Mark McGuire now, and you hear him oh. talk about it, and you hear him, you know, he just like broke down when he was describing sure. what he did. You look at the best is when you see, like, uh, when he was like in Oakland A Bash Brothers era, and you see him, and he's like, you know, he's like six four, and he looks like a fucking pencil. Dude, I did a TV show with him. Did you really? He was in on an episode of Hardball. Back when he was really skinny, man. Super thin. He was young. Yeah. This is the pre-HGH days. And he turned into a gorilla. He just went crazy with yeah. that working out. But mm-hmm. but look at the dividends, man. All of a sudden, he's just yeah. pulverizing yeah. balls. Yeah. Just boom. And, and, but Bonds, too. When you see oh, Bonds yeah. in Seiko? his Pirates uniform. Jesus and Christ. And you see him in, in his uh, Giants shit. It's fucking Do ridiculous. you remember how big Canseco was? Yeah, he's a monster. Dude, I was walking, I was working, rather, in the Boston Athletic Club when I was 19, and Canseco was in town, and he needed somewhere to work out. And they must have been staying close to the Boston Athletic Club, so they, they came down and worked out. And that guy walked through the door, I was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like, on TV <laughs> with their silly 1860s outfits on, <laughs> they don't look that big. Yeah, but when that guy walked through, I'm like, he's like 300 pounds. He's yeah. fucking huge. I, I mean, he might not have been 300, but he was like well over 250. He was enormous. The um, I remember the first time when I was like, holy shit, at the size of some like fucking humans. Yeah, was I was in high school and I played in high school football like two hours north of Miami, uh-huh. and I went with a friend of mine on like a recruiting trip with like his trip down to the University of Miami. And we're standing on the field, and the players run out of the tunnel, and I'm looking at dudes in their chest, like I'm standing there looking at the numbers, and I'm like, holy fuck, I could never play against guys like this. Like dudes that were like 6'6", 330, and I was like, these are fucking animals running around, man. Did people like that exist 100 years ago? I don't think so. One of the reasons why I think they might have like every now and then 
there was a guy that was the the heavyweight champion. His name was Primo Carnera, mm-hmm. and he was a like legit giant. He was fucking enormous. But like the best guys, let me see how big Primo Carnera was. I think he was the, the the biggest heavyweight champion ever. I think up until like at least like modern times, because I think there was some fucking giant Russian dude recently. Yeah, that was even bigger than that. Yeah, but uh, I think this guy lived in like the the fifties, I believe it was. Yeah, he lived until nineteen sixty seven. So he was a. Uh, Seven foot one. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Oh no 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 no. Okay, no. This guy's six foot seven. The Russian guy that I was talking about is seven foot one. His Man. name Nikolai Valuev. He's seven foot one. Holy shit! So these guys were giants back then, but Carnera was only uh, six foot seven. That's still a big motherfucker. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, up until that time, he was the tallest heavyweight in history. And I think today, like, what are the Klitschko's? They're like 6'6". Six, six. Yeah, they they're like the same size. fucking dudes. Yeah, yeah, they're like the same size. So this Primo Carnera back then, he was like a, like a freak. Yeah. I did, um, what was it? I did uh, this fundraiser. He was 275 pounds, this guy was, and, naturally. And he, and he uh, that that was like, by the way... The biggest size of any athlete, yeah, through like the eighty, like in the eighties, like I remember that like linemen in the NFL were two seventy five, two eighty, and in, and every team would have like a three hundred pounder, and you'd be like, holy shit, they got a three hundred pounder on the team, and now the entire line. What the fuck is that? Is and that human growth hormone? What is that? Is that steroids in the beef? I don't. It's something. <laughs> is that what that is? It, it's standard now. Everyone's three twenty, three thirty. But what's happening is it selective growing. What I is know. it? I, I, is it cell phones? Is it this? Is the first uh, couple of generations where they really understood nutrition and made sure the kids have vitamins growing up and they grew to their full potential? Is that what it is? Part of it is that. I, I bet that has to do a lot with it, right? Yeah, I think that is part of it. Yeah, and also, but, have, but now you have this thing where it's like you're. They are can like. There's more education on just. You know, like, for instance, in sports, everybody has, like, you can be like, hey, I want to be this weight. And right. they're going to program, you need fucking 300 grams of protein a day, and you need 5,000 calories, and yeah. you need to do this type of workout, and you're going to fucking swell up, you know? You can actually set that goal, and somebody can tell you pretty much, manufacture it, like, in, in with knowing their their science, this is what you need to do to if you want to obtain that. So you can execute that, you know? Right. But back then, they'd just be like, fucking, I don't know. Eat. Yeah, there's definitely that. Like, you can definitely put on more size now than ever before. But what what I'm saying is that the actual number of giant humans has increased. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're it's not just, like, the ability to put muscle on. It's, like, the size of people is just... It's it's more common to see these primo carnera guys in athletics today. These six foot seven, just naturally gigantic human beings. Huge. Like that's that's more common today. It just yeah. is. So what the fuck is that? Why is it more common? Why is there two Klitschkos? There's two giant six foot six guys who are boxing everybody up. There's two giant Russian dudes. You know, just think about how many of those guys exist today. There's how many how many giant human beings are out there. There's a dude uh, who fights in the UFC, Stefan Struve. He's fucking seven feet tall, man. Kids seven feet. Yeah, I don't even think he's twenty five. Seven feet tall. God, you know, the world is not designed for you when you're seven feet tall, dude, man. He's giant. Semi Schultz. He's another one. Seven feet tall. These giant kickboxers. 
Jesus Christ. Where the you know this, and I guarantee you, kids that are coming up today, the kids that are growing up and, and are going to be you know coming to fruition or uh, coming to a full height rather uh, within uh, the next decade, they're going to be even more giant. It's yeah. like people are going to get bigger and bigger and bigger till we like start morphing. You know, and we like start super giants. Yeah, we're going to be giants. There's no doubt about it, man. As soon as they figure out a way to engineer the body selectively we're going to figure out what's the optimum size you can be and people are just going to grow to that size you know you're right that, that like a uh, hundred years ago there, there was not uh, a fucking bunch of six six 300 pound people walking. do you know how much the average soldier weighed in the civil war how much 125 pounds yeah <laughs> they were tiny little dudes that's tommy as a fifth grader yeah that is not the same type of human being Fuck. that we have today because no. people were malnourished yeah. everybody's catching fucking diseases there's, there's shit all over everything babies are dying nobody knows how to wash their hands right it's a mess that was a mess those are tiny ass little people those people yeah. who lived in the 1800s they're tiny ass little people now we just have gargantuan people and they're getting bigger these these Shaquille O'Neal dudes I did uh, Fear Factor with Shaquille O'Neal and I have I stand dick height on <laughs> Shaquille O'Neal he's a he's a grown yeah. man I'm a grown man his dick is in my face yeah. I mean he's just so different than me <laughs> just that's like, a great quote by the way yeah. <laughs> I'm yes. standing next to him we and we do a countdown it's hilarious yeah. Yeah. because it's me you know I was like Shaq count him down and he goes three, two, one, yeah. go! And you know the, the people go and do their stunt. It was really cool because he he liked the show, so it was fun like having him co-host yeah. with me for a day. Sure, but it's just so ridiculous. I'm like ridiculous. a little child standing yeah. next to this giant. I had super a, nice guy though. By Jonathan the way. Ogden, offensive tackle, six eight, like three forty, played it, and his hand, he just like he just held two of my little fingers and was like, "Nice to meet you." And like, and like just squeezed a couple fingers and I realized my hand couldn't even like get around like even simulate a handshake yeah and he also like had a conversation with somebody like as I was talking to him like down here I was mm -hmm. like yeah so it's cool to me he was like yeah man so this other thing and I was like I'm down I'm like down I was like hey man like a kid like when your kid walks up to you and they're talking to you and you're talking to another adult and you're right. like just hold on and you're talking to the adult, and they're like, but daddy, and you're like, just hold on, and you just talk over them. He did that to me like I was a child. And then I just looked up at him, and I was like, it's nice to meet you. <laughs> he like patted the top of my head. Yeah, yeah man, was go, not, go about your business. It was not like a human, though. It was like yeah. a fucking superhuman. Yeah, it's amazing the variance, you know, how much, how much people vary in, in height and, you know, size like that, but yet we're still in the same species. Yeah, but a guy like Shaquille O'Neal, it's like it's such an extreme version of it. Fucking huge. It's a friendly guy though. Super, yeah. super nice guy. Yeah, Mike Goldberg did a whole season of Shaq versus with him. Oh yeah, he did a bunch That's of cool. different shit. Like that he was would go cool. yeah. box Oscar De La Hoya, and you know it was it was kind of funny. He did a bunch of different things. I am. Uh, do you know? Do you know the other uh, comic Bruce Bruce? Do you know him? Yes, he's a big dude, big enormous guy. Not that tall, but right. like three hundred plus pounds. Right. I sat next to him. On a flight, did I tell you this already? No, and uh, I'd never met him before, and I recognized him, so I was like, "Hey, man, like, you know, uh, I'm a comic," and he was like, "Oh yeah," he was re super fucking nice, and he's just uh, just this big, giant looking. Can dude. I guess where this story goes? Where sleep apnea? No, okay, no, it's. They <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, uh, you know, 10 minutes into these, the flight, he's got braids and shit. So we get, we get delayed. And first of all, we're flying LA Atlanta and then I'm, I'm going on 
to Lauderdale. He's staying in, he lives in Atlanta, I guess. So everybody that comes on the plane uh, who's black says something to him. And I'm like, do you, like, do you know these people? And he was like, nah, man, like, these people just, they're just fans. And I was like, Re-? like, everybody on the plane has stopped. And they tell us there's a delay. You can get off the plane if you want. And some girl walks by, and she's like, do you need something? And he's like, ah, I'd love some, like a candy bar. And then she's like, okay. And I'm like, who's that? He's like, I don't, I don't know. So like, that lady's just buying you candy, man? He's like, yeah, yeah, pretty much. I was like, okay. Whoa. And sweet, like, I can't tell you how sweet a guy he is. So we're, we get to let, the girl comes back, gives him candy. I'm like, just, I love you. And he's like, I love, thank you, sweetie. He, she goes back. We take off. We start talking comedy. And he's like, I'm doing this tour with, uh, you know, I'm, I'm touring with this person. I'm doing shows with these people. And I'm asking him, like, oh, what do you think of so-and-so? And we're talking back and forth about people. And he's like, I'm doing this show right now where I'm, uh, you know, I'm doing some theaters with Mike Epps. I'm opening, like, for him at these massive theaters. And I was like, Mike Epps is a funny fucking dude. Like, just a naturally funny guy. Because we're just, like, talking shit. Right, he's right. like, oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, you know, that guy just turns any situation funny. He's like, yeah, but uh, ain't no motherfucker funnier than Andy Griffith. And I was like, what? Like, what'd you just say? And he's like, Andy Griffith? I was like, are you... Are Not talking? Eddie Griffin. Right. Are we talking about Andy, like, the, the whistle shit? Yeah. He's like, oh, man. And I was like, are you serious right now? And he's like, you ever been to the Andy Griffith Museum? I'm like, what kind of question is that, man? Like, <laughs> like... <laughs> what? <laughs> what kind of question is and that? And he's like, "Oh man, they got the like the the car from the from the show. You can you can sit in the car. They have like a set, like, like with the kitchen. They used to show the kitchen. You can go there. You get all the Andy Griffith shit you ever want." I'm like, <laughs> "Are we in the real world right now?" He and loves like, Andy Griffith. Man, he. I was like, I don't think I like anything as much as you like Andy Griffith. He's like, I love Andy Griffith. <laughs> And I was like, clearly. And he knew he was like, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm not exaggerating. He was like, you know, there was two uh, black actors that ever appeared on the Andy Griffith show. And I was like, wow. He's like, one was uh, February 8th, 1963. What? By the role of Tony. Are you and saying he, the right date or are you just no, making up the date? No, I'm making up the date. But he well, knew the date. Let these people know. All right. He knew the date. They're going to fuck knew. this up in Google. He knew the exact date and he knew the role and the episode. And then he was like, and the other one was April 19th. 1968, and that was when, uh, remember when they couldn't find the mail? I'm like, no, I have not seen these episodes. What the man. fuck? He, remember when they couldn't find the like, mail? <laughs> I was like, I swear to God. And I was like, Holy he's shit. like, Andy Griffith is a shit, man. I was like, Andy Griffith, really? Andy Griffith he is a shit. fucking loves Andy Griffith, man. Wow. Wow. No. There's a lot of people that are like that pay homage to the classics. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like there's dudes who are really get into like old movies and TV yeah. shows and... You know. I mean, I, and I've met like super fans of some things where you don't expect, but that for me was so out of left field. I saw Carol Burnett the other day. You did? Oh. Yeah. She looked good. She looked good. I'm telling you, man. I mean, I think the the lady is in her late 70s. Mm-hmm. She looked very healthy. She Smiling, get, laughing, talking done. to people. She, um, that show was great. Yeah, it was yeah. a great show. Uh, it was interesting. We were we were talking about this the other day. Like there was like a big wave of uh, woman run shows back in there in the day, where the woman was a star. There was Laverne and Shirley. There was Mary Tyler Moore. There was Rhoda. Mm-hmm. There was uh, Maud. Remember Maud? You know. Mm-hmm. And then there's Maud. And then there's Maud. Right on Maud. You don't remember that? There was a there was a show. That was like a big popular show. And then there was um, the older lady who used to be a model who ran the newsroom. 
the fuck was that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Boring uh, ass Murphy Brown. Murphy Brown, that yeah. boring ass hypnotic. Uh, what did they do to get people to watch that show for all those years? Yeah, what, what kind of long time. hypnotism program Roseanne? did they run? That Roseanne? was the show. Ninety-five. Yeah. Yeah, there was a gang of them. But I mean, that the, the era of um, Carol Burnett was like, there was a lot of Lucille Ball. There was yeah. a bunch of them. There yeah. was a bunch of them, like really strong women comedian presences. Yeah. It's like that has changed quite a bit now. Like the, the, the role that women have on these, like, you know, you have like girls like Chelsea who have their own show. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's like her personality. It's not like a like her being the head of a sitcom. Right. And then there's um, Whitney. Whitney. Who had a show that people didn't respond to that well, but then people said, "Well, it's going to be tweaked, and they're going to figure it out." But yeah. she, but p- genuinely, people seem to like her. She just has to find like the right vehicle, right? Right. right. But how many of them are there these days? It's not. It's not like it used to be. Yeah, well, especially well, well, also where they need to, you know, where they're getting their shot. You know what I mean? Like, you, you know, like how many how many people are getting the opportunity to have their show. You know, yeah, because the because the talent there's still talent. There's a bunch of talent out there. Like you know, there's definitely talented comics, female, male comics out there. But they have to get a shot to get their show. That seemed to be like that was an overdrive in that era that you're talking about. Yeah, it's like if you were of women, a good yeah of women, but also yeah. I think just comics too. Like there was there's an era of pushing the comic to get the show. And here's the thing that's funny that you, when you're like, why? How come not that many stand up? Let's say have a show right now. Right, right, like how it's like an extension of the the comic. You look back on that era, and all of those shows were hits. Like the stand up where the comic was elite, a lot of those were hits, man. Yeah, there was a few bombs though. I well, was, I was there for a few. Yeah, but there's, <laughs> I watched a few. A I was a part of, of a few. I was. I had my own sitcom. Uh, you did? pilot for uh, NBC once. Yeah, it was called um, Overseas. I don't even think it ever aired anywhere, even as a pilot. You shot the pilot, though. Yeah, it was a super expensive pilot. But the um, the, the thing about like those uh, development deals they try to do with stand-ups mm-hmm. is that they would just throw a bunch of money at a comic mm-hmm. and then get a bunch of like you know writers that supposedly had some success on other shows and throw as much shit against the wall and see how much of it sticks. Yeah, you know, and I think that it's. It's real hard for you to take the one thing that you're fucking awesome at, which is stand up. The one thing that you really you can completely express yourself. You're uncensored. You're you, you're producing it. You're directing it. Nobody's interfering with your yeah. vi- your vision of how the joke should play out. And there's a big difference between that and being on a sitcom set. And that that difference is. It, there's a, it's really fun being on a good sitcom. Mm-hmm. It's terrible being on a bad sitcom. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. And it's not as more, it's not as much fun, and it's not as rewarding as doing stand up. It's just not, you know, for me at least. Yeah, it's like I, it's fun doing like a cool sitcom. But if I had a choice between watching like the best sitcom ever or watching Richard Pryor do stand up, I want to watch Richard Pryor. That's yeah. the best stuff. The best sure. stuff is stand up. So it's like you you do shit that's not as good as the best stuff, and it's just because they're paying you to do it. That was how. I was feeling about it. And that thing that you don't really love to do and that they're paying you to do takes all day. Mm-hmm. And then you don't have as much energy or time yeah. left over for the thing that you do love to do. I can see that. So the only reason why you should do it is to get exposure for your stand-up. Yeah, which I hear, like, I mean, some of the, the comics that really like doing com- comedy, doing stand-up, that's, you know, you, generally what you hear them say is, like, it's just going to drive more people to see my show. Yeah, that's how it should show. be. That's how it yeah. should be, man. That's how it should be. 
it's uh, the art of stand-up comedy didn't get any respect for a while in the 80s, I think, as, a, as an end destination. Because everybody was like, you got to get a sitcom. you got to get a sitcom. That's what Jerry Seinfeld did. When did you That's do your, this guy did, your pilot did. in terms of like your career? Like, I did it, it in the middle of news radio. Oh, while, in the middle While of I was doing news oh, okay. radio. Yeah, because it was the same producer. So see that, and that show f- spoiled the shit out of me, man. Because they were so good, the yeah. writers were so good, and they were crazy. They would, they were so nuts. They wouldn't even start a script till like two o'clock in the morning sometimes, and they would sh- would show up, and it would be like tape day, you know, or uh, rather um, uh, rehearsal day, and we would yeah. get like the first thirty pages, and they were like, <laughs> or the first five pages, or whatever it was. Yeah. Like we're gonna give you the rest later. And then uh, scene two would come down at noon, and they would shuffle down barefoot and slap yeah. it down. They would go back, and they would they would get to this state of sleep deprivation and come up with this really silly shit. Mm-hmm. And I suspect it was because nobody had informed them about the benefits of weed. Really? <laughs> yeah. I think if those guys were stoners, they weren't stoners. If those guys were stoners, what they did sober was brilliant. You know, if they if those guys were high. They could have come up with the most silly and ridiculous show in the history of the universe. How many seasons was that show on for? Five seasons. Five? Yeah. I thought it was longer even. No, it was uh, just too short of uh, syndication, like the normal syndication length. Oh, man. It is in syndication. Oh, it is in syndication. But it's yeah. two, sh- two episodes short. We only did 98 instead of 100. 100 yeah. I mean, you're supposed to have 100 so that they could yeah. sell it. Yeah. But it didn't become popular until after it was canceled. Really? Yeah, it became popular when it would air on TV during like regular TV time, like 7 o'clock and 8 o'clock and mm-hmm. late night and shit like that when it was syndicated. And then people were like, this show's kind of fucking funny. Yeah. It just got monkeyed around back then, man. Back in the day when, when news radio was out, nobody knew where the fuck you were. If they moved you from like Monday to Wednesday, you're yeah. done, kid. Nobody well, knows. The other thing, like more to your point about the, uh, you know, when you're just in charge of your stand-up yeah. shows, man, you're talking about so many people are giving their input. You know, like yeah. the executives, oh. the producers, the oh. writers. Like it's so oh. many people. We should really do this. We should really lose that. We yeah. Really do this. Well, I don't like it when you come out that way. Yeah. I don't. I don't like it when you do that. Mm-hmm. I don't like it when you. Oh, stop! Oh, Please, boy. I don't care. We can only do this one way. Yeah. You know, and I, the only way I'm going to get advice is, is from funny people. I can't get advice from someone who's a business person. It's sure. Like, I just got to tell you that I think that I'm approaching it this way. When they give you a comedy note, that's just like... uh. I had a conversation with a guy who was talking about a podcast. He goes, you guys have really nailed down your brand. Uh And I'm like, ew. That's gross language. Ew. You're gross. Yeah. That's the last thing we've done. (laughs) Nailed down our brand. Ew. Yeah. He's like, you know, I go, what do you mean by that? It's like, well, you know... People know what kind of, you know, what, what you're putting out there. It's like, you know, you've really, like, well-defined your, your brand. Mm-hmm. Ew. Like, I'm, a, I'm a guy. Why my brand? What is that? Yeah. What the fuck are you talking about? They love silly that, though. bitch. It's like showbiz talk. Well, we're they, trying to, right now, we're, we're working on his development deal, but we just don't want to sign with anyone. Mm-hmm. We really want to work on developing his brand. Yeah, can you get my out. brand? Are you are you a bottle of ketchup? You fuck. <laughs> Why do you need animal. a brand? You Who silly, are you? you silly bitch. Yeah, it's if, so ridiculous. If you're that defined, then you become immobile. You become locked into an emo Phillips type character. Oh yeah. Imagine going to see emo Phillips and he tries, tries to do straight stand up. You're like, hey, hey, fuckhead. <laughs> Why aren't you acting like you're poisoned? Weird it up, man. <laughs> Weird yeah. it up. Weird it up, shithead. What's, what's this you just standing there telling me about butter? Okay. <laughs> Get a move on. I came to see your, your fucking funky act. 
I love it, man. Well, if you're not going to do it, where's Judy Tenuta? <laughs> I want to see your weird shit. Yeah, I'm here to see your... your hey, oh, did you ever notice? How do you go from doing that to trying to do just regular stand-up? <laughs> I only give him shit because I, I know he tells his opening acts not to swear. Oh, really? Yeah, I've heard from dudes oh, who vote. I'm, I'm, I don't know exactly. I wasn't really there. They could have been a bunch of bitter twats. Yeah. But uh, I don't remember who it was. They said he got harassed for being too dirty and opening for him. Man, that sucks. <laughs> it might have been Heffron. God, I wish I remember who it was. What happened to Heffron? I've had it. I've gotta had get it, him uh, back in here, man. I've had it said passive aggressively. I love Heffron. Before to me, you know, opening for somebody like, you say fuck a lot, huh? And you're like, oh, oh do I? And they're like, oh, no, 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 it's not a thing. And you're like, oh, you just made it a thing because you just hinted that well, it was a thing. In, um, in Boston, they used to like uh, always decide, like headliners would decide who would open for them. Mm-hmm. And they would, you know, they'd get them out of here, breaks the fuck meter. It was like, that was like the big thing. They didn't want to go on after anybody dirty. Yeah. Because if you wanted to have any sort of shock value to your comedy whatsoever, but that just means your comedy's not that good. Yeah. That's how I always felt. Sure. The best guys can go on after anybody. It doesn't matter. I've always. seen. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's especially when people know who they are. Like, I, I got a chance to see Hedberg a bunch of times. And I saw Hedberg in front of people who were fans. And I got to see a Hedberg in front of people who had no idea who he was. And there's a big difference, man. Hedberg had some real hard times on the road because he had this like really low key, hilarious act, but it was like yeah. really low key. And when someone would be like fucking doing cartwheels and shooting firecrackers out of their ass, mm-hmm. and like, you know, especially when you go on the road, I mean, there's some dudes who have some elaborate sure. fucking closing routines involving yeah. singing and all kinds of crazy shit. And Hedberg would have to go on after those and bomb. But then Hedberg started going on in front of his own audience, and he would just destroy. He would get out there, hey, what's yeah. up? And they would just, just yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. I got to see both. So I got to see people who truly appreciated what, what, uh, what Hedberg was doing. The uh, unedited version of his presents, you get to see like an audience come all the way around for him. <laughs> because they, if you see it, the aired version, you can't tell. Yeah. But if you get, I think it's one of his early CDs, it comes with a DVD of his unedited presents and they filmed it like with like a like a you know like these audience companies that like what do you need an audience for and they just instead of bringing in like fans of his right so he starts and it's just like not they're not responding really and he keeps saying like this is the Mitch Hedberg not so special special like he keeps <laughs> saying that and like they find you see like there's like a moment where like they start to like like 10, 15 minutes in, where like they come around. We're off the air, Brian. Oh, we are? Yeah, we just fell off the air. Oh, shit. This right now, this portion is only for the people on iTunes. iTunes. And Stitcher. Don't and, forget to subscribe. Uh, uh, some rate, other shit. Rate, review, and subscribe. What happened? Because there's no internet. Oh, oh, the internet unplugged. Oh, shit. You silly bitch. No, it wasn't that. You, what? It's not that? iTunes listeners, what's up? Uh, yo, iTunes in the house. Is our internet down here? I think, yeah, I think your internet's No, down. it's not. No, it's up. I just checked. Uh, Silly. Snap. Just me and Tommy will talk for the iPhone, iTunes folks. Mm. You get everything wire, wired out there, kid. Uh, oh. Yeah, we haven't figured this whole thing out yet. I think I got to move to, um, in the, the next setup, I have to move to a more robust system. Don't you have another, do you have a setup? Coming like some, yeah. you're gonna do this. I'm wondering how much bandwidth it costs to stream something like this, like what Ustream does. 
is there a way to handle this outside of Ustream? Like, I wonder if uh, you throw the right resources in it. Is it possible for someone to run their own streaming video type server, or is it too bandwidth intensive, too expensive? I don't know. I don't understand all this shit. Yeah, I definitely don't understand that at all. And I don't understand, like, how much actual data gets transmitted in these uh, flash files. I don't know. I don't know how it works. I definitely don't know. But it's um, it's unfortunate that it crashes sometimes. I would I would like something that never crashes. I just don't think that's possible. But Ustream seems to crash, or our connection to Ustream crashes, or Ustream producer crashes, literally every four or five times, right? Yeah. Would you say, Brian? Well, I one I, out of ten. I maybe? don't think it does it too much on the Mac. I think. So you think that's what it is? We need to go back to the Mac. Yeah, I, I yeah, I would definitely be using a Mac for this. All right, now I can right. find Ustream. We'll try that again. We'll try that again when we get back. What the hell are you Tommy Buns, are you going to get the iPhone 5? I am. You are? You ready? So. Are you going to wait in line? Like I a stooge? No, you know what I'm going to do? <laughs> I'm going to go to Radio Shack because they get them and nobody goes there. Yeah, how's that? I don't know, but I, I have one near where I live, and every time they're like, you know, we have like... Every new release that comes out for everything comes here, but nobody lines up here. Well, they don't have uh, AT and T though. Um, I don't think. I think they have Sprint. Do they? They have iPhones. They have AT and T as well. Yeah. Well, they have iPhones now because Sprint has the iPhone, but Sprint didn't have the iPhone for a long well, time. Either way, I'm not doing the fucking line. I mean, you're going to do the line, I'm and you're going to love it. No. Why, why wouldn't you just order it? On? And you're going to play with yourself while you're in your line. That's fine. And pictures of feet. That's fine. And you're going to just lick your lick your face. Yeah. Thinking about your iPhone. I'm excited All the about pictures it. of your dick you're going to take with it. Oh, so many. <laughs> There's got to be a panoramic <laughs> function now. There's going to be like a thing where you can drop the, the like t- press the, the button and then drop it to the floor. So it sees your dick and takes like a million pictures <laughs> as it's tumbling. To the ground, and your cock just looks like it's it's just an adventure. Like you're jumping off a cliff, and like wait. you almost grabbed your dick, and you're going to get saved. It, right? Yeah, you're definitely going to get. I it. am a fool. Are you going to get get in line? Oh um, yeah, I might have to get in line. I'll really? do whatever I have to do. Really? <laughs> I'll probably get the bug and then just want it badly. I like it, man. I'd be willing to wait in line for like an hour. No, half an hour. Half. An oh, hour. all right. I'd like listen. So to you some tap music. out after. I would just think about how long does it take? How yeah. long is this line? Half hour. Just order it. If you order it, they just ship it to you. It's the best yeah, way. but you but get it the same day when you want it immediately. But what will hold me over is that Samsung Galaxy S three. Oh, I want to see it, man. Shit, yeah. bitch. Yeah, I've I'll, heard good things. Yeah, I'll pull it out. I'll let you touch I it. I did have somebody uh, at a show. I want to touch it. Uh, <laughs> take take a picture with it, and the the screen looked beautiful. It's insane. And you know what else it can do? It can take a blast of photos. It can take our. Oh really? Like Ten photos like a, in a row, like a high speed. Yeah, thing? it does some weird thing where you can, you know, you can jump up in the air and it'll capture, it'll wow. capture like ten different pictures. It's amazing. Like if uh, the deer that I got in my backyard, from which by the way, photos off. of them. When, when, off when I went to the bathroom, they were going full on running fast back and forth like for no reason. And I'm yeah. like, like well, what are these guys doing? They you, just run around, man. Your house is surrounded by crazy deer. Yeah, but they're uh, this is like where they feel comfortable because my dogs can't get. Listen, they're they're nice animals. Who cares? You're, you're they're lucky. They're yeah. lucky that uh, it's not legal to shoot them. Yeah. Would you shoot them? I might. Yeah. I might. Oh, Here's the problem. Here's the problem with deer. It's not a problem in my neighborhood because nobody drives fast. You know, it's a pretty quiet area. But if you if you have this many deer near a main road, it becomes a real problem. Yeah. People all over the world crash into deer. 
I mean, it's just a fucking really common way that people get injured and cars yeah. get fucked up. Fucked up. I've fucked seen cars up. ruined from deer. That big, think of that, how big that deer was and if that hit the windshield. That would break your fucking face, man. Yeah, yeah, and if yeah. the thing's still alive and kicking and glass is flying in your eyeballs. And if it was a motorcycle. Yeah, you, you literally have to kill those things. Yeah. You have to kill them. And there's, PETA people don't want to admit this, but there's one of two options, okay? You either assume your position at the top of the food chain and deal with the problem or you bring something else in and you're no longer at the top of the food chain. Yeah. Because that's the only way you're going to have to deal with this issue. What do they you have prey everywhere? So you either eat it or you bring in predators. That's all you can do. Because mm-hmm. you're either going to shoot it or you got to bring in mountain lions and wolves. Do they propose that we just let deer just explode in population? Yeah. That well, they, they you know, look, they don't want people hunting. Right. They don't want people hunting. But I don't know what kind of ideas they have that, to stop the population growth. Because yeah. if you don't manage that shit, and this is something that, uh, you know, when I was a young man, I thought that, like, deer hunting, like, wow, why would you ever want to kill a deer? Mm-hmm. I didn't even think about the irony of wanting a cheeseburger and, and, and not... You know, and wondering why anybody would go and kill a deer. Like, it didn't even make sense to me. But as you get older and you understand that you have to do something about the population, if you don't do something about the population, they're like rats. That's how every, there's going to be a disease, there's going to be problems. Because every population needs to be put in check. The cycle has to be, the reason why the world's so fucked up right now is because there's nothing that eats us. That's like the main reason. Mm-hmm. We can just dominate. Whatever we can just we run around yeah. all willy-nilly and nothing puts us in check. And if that was the case with deer, we would be fucked. We'd go 20 miles an hour everywhere. They'd be jumping in front of your car everywhere you went. The only good thing is we'd never go hungry. You just pull over, pull out a gun, boom, blow one of those stupid fucking things in the head, start a fire. And you, start you could eat. You would never starve to death. Yeah. But there'd be deer everywhere, and you wouldn't get anywhere. And people would die on the highway every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you would just hit one of those fucking dummies, Give and it would deer kick jerky. through your skull. They would fucking fuck you up. Oh, they'll fuck you, you up, man. Uh, deer jerky? Love it. It's good stuff, I have man. a box of it. Oh, really? Yeah, I, get, I buy uh, venison jerky and elk jerky. Yeah. I feel like a man when I eat That's them. I feel stuff. like I'm on mountain men. Yeah. I'm living you up are. in a cabin. You are, you dude. Savage animal. Fierce. I'm feeling fierce as fuck. All right. <laughs> got deers living in my yard, bro. I'm like yeah. a wild person up you here. You are a wild person. You got to be careful about wild, though. Got to respect that shit. Got to keep it in line. People that think that you shouldn't kill deer are ridiculous. You're ridiculous. You have to do something with them. You're ridiculous and you're dangerous, okay? And it's stupid. It's not like they're going to live forever if you don't shoot them. And by the way, killing deer is a thousand times better than running some ridiculous factory chicken farm, stuffing everything into a fucking box where it can't move or... Just think about veal, you know? Think about how they raise veal and how, how many pig farms or pigs are stuffed right next to each other. Mm. Deers are just running around, man. Just running around. I would like to do the bow hunting. Dude, I've been actually, watching a lot of bow hunting. It's cool, but I don't think I, I can actually. I'm not, I, I'm not good at stomaching the I'll show you something that you really won't like. Really? Yeah, yeah. Like war? There's a show called Pig Man, and uh, I've been obsessed with it. From uh, to the time I saw them first kill a pig with a knife, yeah, the dogs oh, hold fuck. the pig down and they stab it in the throat with a knife. That's how they show? kill it. Yeah, it's a show. It's a hunting show. It's about pigs in rural Texas. Yeah, pigs in Texas are a fucking huge problem, and wild pigs are like literally like destroying millions of acres. There's millions and millions of wild pigs. It's yeah. a ri- ridiculous infestation to the point where they're shooting them out of helicopters. Yeah. 
And that's one of the things they did on Pig Man. This guy gets in a fucking helicopter and shoots yeah. like 200 pigs in a day. Well, this is the disturbing. That was disturbing. But the most recent episode was way more disturbing. He's going, he goes hunting in Argentina. And he's trying to get pigs, like these big giant pigs. And there's no pigs around, so he shoots a fox. And he shoots a fox with a bow and arrow. And the thing screams this horrible sound. And it was really fucked up, man. It was re- it was really weird to watch because he nails this thing and it it just lets out this horrible, horrible screech. And then you realize he's not going to eat that. Like right. you, you're not eating that fox. He's like he just that. shot that fox because he could shoot that fox. Yeah. And I was like, oh, what for the pelts or something? Jesus Christ! What are we doing? Are we living in the fur trapping days. You know, you're not really a fur trapper. I mean, I yeah. guess it's worth some money, but you just shot that thing because you wanted to shoot a, a fox. Yeah. And I, when I lived in Colorado, man, foxes are cool as fuck. Foxes are badass. Yeah. They're kind of cool, man. There's um, what's it called? Uh, coyotes that run around the, uh, the uh, like Griffith Park. The you- coyotes are different. Coyotes are creeps. I have coyotes in my back. They're dangerous creeps. They are. They're dangerous creeps. But foxes are not dangerous to people at all. Coyotes will attack children, but foxes won't. Foxes are. They come in packs. Very clever. They They do come in packs. And they come in packs down from. They come down from the hillside, and you'll all of a sudden, like every few weeks, I'll hear that that have like a maniacal, high pitched. Barking, they're dangerous, they bro. They're, they're dangerous. All, yeah, they're always in my front yard, making, and they're, they're they like play with my dog through the window. Mm-hmm. Like my dog will bark, and then that coyote will come up and just like, yeah, and yeah. that's stupid. Well, what I say about them is that the only reason they don't kill us is because they don't think they can get away with it. That's all it is. Yeah. And they'll kill anything else around us, including your children. They will attack your children. Yeah. It's happened a bunch of times. I've seen I've seen a dog running like trotting, a coyote. Excuse me. Uh, Trotting down fountain with a dog in its mouth. Oh yeah, are you just, serious? Oh yeah, just oh, yeah, do, man. Do, 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 yeah. That's what they eat. They Late take, at night, they, they snatch them right off of people's leashes. Uh-huh. People go walking around in like nice neighborhoods, like Brentwood. They go walking around with a dog on a leash, and a coyote will come and snatch that motherfucker off and run. And the yeah. rats out here, man. The rats just walk on my power lines, and you're just going from house to house. You just see tons <sighs> of rats. Whoa, that shit. Fuck uh, that, uh, dude. Oof. I they had, had a, a some guy, they had to lock down some house and quarantine it because some people caught some horrible rat disease from that hoarder show. Oh, jeez. Yeah, they're cleaning up people's houses, and, you know, these people had a rat infestation in their house. So they taught, and this disease apparently it kills like 20 to 50% of the people who get it, and it's incurable. There's no cure for it. So these people were catching this horrible, incurable disease from cleaning up people's shit houses. Jesus. Rats everywhere and infestations. I I used to see those rats on the power lines. And this is when I worked in like a a big corporate building. And so I talked to the, they had the guys would would come into the offices in the kitchen and like set traps and do this stuff. So I was like, hey, you know, I'm terrified of the fucking rats. I was like, what can I do about rats? And he was like, well, you know, he'd tell me the options. And he was like, he gave me these, uh, these like gel pad, like, like oh. sticky gel, yeah. like it's like a it's like a, a big rectangular thing, and you just place it. And he's like, they'll be running, and then they'll just get stuck in that, and then they just rot, and then they'll just die. <sighs> so I was like, all right. So okay, I was so scared of them that I said, fuck it. I put it up on the roof. And he's like, put like a little peanut butter, and they'll just come right there. Cool. I lay them out. I come out the next day. They are from the roof. They're down on the floor now, flipped over. And shit on. 
It's like the rats pick them up, flip them over, and shit all over them. Like, fuck your trap. Really? Yeah. Wow. And they just, they were just kicked over Dude, my, with rat shit all over them. I, I had a really bad mouse problem when I was in college. And like, it was so bad where the mice were just like, like I would take a blanket off my couch and mice would scurry out. And be like, oh, oh, it was, it was shit, so Yeah, man. when you have like an ancient infrastructure that's been infested, like New York City's infrastructure, mm-hmm. there's really almost no way to eradicate them. It's, unless you would clean every person out of the city and then just kill everything alive in the city. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, and even then, you're probably going to miss a few. They're going to be of in course. cracks somewhere, hiding yeah. those you're evil cunts. There's more rats, I think, than there are people in New York City. I believe yeah. that. So we had one of those traps, but my mouse, Ooh. like, I was like, one day I was like, what's that noise in my kitchen? And I hear, like, like, uh, like just this shuffling noise, and there's, like, just blood, and there was a mouse there that was, like, biting his leg off. And uh, I didn't know what to do, so I grabbed, like, one of those scoops that you, uh, for the, the, the broom, and I threw it outside. And I was like, uh, I'm just, I don't care what's, so I don't know what happened to it. I just never went into my backyard anymore. Jesus Christ. <laughs> rats are disgusting. Yeah, when you gotta, anywhere where there's rats, you just gotta get the fuck out of there. This, yeah. You can't win. You're not gonna win. You need to set up shop in a place that doesn't have rats like that. That was the, the monoxide house. Yeah. The same house. Makes sense. Crazy. Jesus That's Christ, what a shitty house. Yeah. You got attacked by rodents and poisoned brain. Yeah. Dude, speaking of poisoned brain, this new Sports Illustrated, I know you're a football fan. Mm-hmm. Did you read this shit on Jim McMahon? No, I know he's... He's not doing well. He's not doing well, man. No. Jim, when I was a kid, I, I was not a football fan, but I knew who the fuck Jim McMahon was. Yeah. I mean, he was a super famous football player. Yeah. With his bandanas that he used to wear and Sunglasses shit. Sunglasses and, and yeah, shit. The, Super Bowl shuffle. Yeah. yeah, the Super Bowl shuffle. Well, he apparently has dementia. And uh, he his girlfriend takes pictures of them together because one day she's worried that he's going to forget who she is. Because she sees it slowly slipping away, like he'll be, he'll kiss her goodbye, and then he'll be downstairs just standing frozen because he can't remember what he was going to do. I, I think football's on the verge of, of changing dramatically. How the fuck can you? That's they, they were talking to him. He was on uh, the sports show, and they were talking to him about it. And he said leather helmets might be the the rule, like uh, go back to leather, leather helmets and have no head contact at all. Yeah, and he said, but that's not going to work. I mean, it's like who's going to accept that? Yeah. I know. I saw the um, oh my god on Real Sports on HBO. Yeah, oh, all fuck. those old players that come in no, all shaking and fucked they, up. Oh, they've seen that, but they have this uh, this guy. I, I feel bad that I forgot his name. But he played for the Saints, and he got ALS at like thirty four, oh. thirty five, and basically they said this is the first ev- like time we've ever seen that this traumatic just head or the or the severe head trauma repeatedly might be a cause of ALS. We've never had, we've never shown evidence that something could lead to ALS. What does ALS stand for? Uh, it's a, it's a long, uh, it's a medical term that I can't pronounce correctly, okay. but it's, it's, you know, it destroys your muscles. And the only thing it doesn't destroy as it eats away your muscles is your brain. So you're totally aware of how you're physically just breaking evaporating. down, evaporating. And like, they show he he played in the in the first game after Katrina, you know New Orleans was was just devastated, right? And they the super the Superdome was used to house uh, the city's residents who didn't have a place to go, and they never know if they were going to even be able to rebuild it. They rebuilt it, you know, got it all cleaned up, and then they had their first game since Katrina, and it was like a big deal. And he blocked a punt that just like sent the place into it's like one of the craziest you see the uh, the clip of it it's like it's super emotional the place just goes nuts they're so excited to have their team back 
And so he was that guy, and he retired. He played like eight or nine years in the league and was like, you know, retired and, and looking forward to the rest of his life. How old was he when he retired? He retired, I think, uh, like 30, 31, like a few years ago. And then, you know. Why did he retire at 31? Uh, he was just, you know, had his run. Like he wasn't, you know, he was a special teams player. Like he had a good a good career and then but that seems like there's plenty of years left in your athletic career. Um a lot of a lot of the, you know, NFL guys are 3 4 years. And is it cuz of physical just sometimes you just don't make the cut. Yeah, like a lot of times you'll see guys that they were like big contributors and then you know they're waived by this team, picked up by this team and all of a sudden they're they're you know 29 even and they're like they're no team wants them anymore. Like that's so crazy. Yeah. Just you wear out. You wear out. I mean, it, it's so fucking. You know those collisions, man. And they asked him during the thing. They're like, "How many times were you knocked out during your career?" And he was like, "Twice." You know, where I was like blackout, knocked out. And then how many times did you have like your bell rung? You know, where you're just like, "Holy shit!" And he was like, "Hundreds, like, hundreds of times." Even in practice, those count too, man. Those count too. Practice counts. Everything counts. And we see, you know, Junior Seau. uh, I mean, it's what do you do though? Do you tell people they got to stop playing football? I would not want my kids to play football. I'll tell you that. I would be reluctant. I I know that like the one thing, the only way. I mean, the, the the thing that most people agree on is that the proper technique is is not being taught from a young age. Now, people are no longer, like, if you look at old footage of football, yeah, they're different caliber athletes and stuff, and they're not, like, the monsters, but, like, it was tech, it was more technical tackling. People mm-hmm. would, you're taught when you're, you know, you, you, lower, you bend your knees, you put your shoulder into basically somebody's chest, you wrap up, and you tackle. Those are the, the tackles that rarely do you see that result in, like, some devastating head drama. Right. But now, it's, and, and this is now, like, meaning the last 15, 20 years, it is like you see helmets being lowered, crown of the head into the other person's helmet, just head blows. People are fucking, you know, throwing shoulders, helmets, and, and forearms into people's heads. And then you see them like just, they're, it's like they were just in a car accident, man. Like they're just, they can't handle it. Doesn't matter what type of helmet you wear. Yeah, there's um, there's only so much punishment your your brain can take, and I think that there's very few things in life that hit you as hard as a football player does. I just yeah. think that those dudes, when you look at a 300 pound guy running at you full clip and charging into your body, while another guy hits you over this way, oh and you God. collide together, and then the guy goes unconscious, like. Is there any other time in life where you see a man completely armored up just get knocked unconscious? Oh, my God. I know. They're, they have helmets on. They have big armor padding on their shoulders, and they get knocked the fuck out. Get knocked out. And the, the, the real problem, now they're, a little, they're more on top of it because they have to be, but the real problem is you look at, like, 80s and 90s, the guys who are now 40 to 50, yeah. and you're seeing a lot of, like, depression... Um, you dementia, know, dementia, and uh, you're seeing Alzheimer's and and uh, all these different uh, debilitating things take place. Those guys would get knocked out, or you know they would get like a severe concussion, and it would just be like you need to go play right away now. Like there wasn't like now there's like you know they're finally doing like if you even have a sign of this you're going to be out for this amount of time. You have to have te- it right. was those guys played with. Like full concussion Jesus syndromes, Christ. which means that like their brain just went, this just shook inside their skull, and so, now they're fucking playing again. You know, 
It's so crazy that they didn't even know. It's like they, uh, that just shows you how recent, not just the science of brain trauma is, where they really kind of understand what causes like real problems, but also the, the, the idea of this as a sport is so recent in, in the human medical, you know, um, uh, encyclopedia, as far as like things that happen to people. How often did they have to like judge a, a, or, or um, look at a very specific group? Like people who do this one thing, right. who all come down with traumatic brain injury. Like, what yeah. the fuck is going on? Yeah. What is this one profession? You know, it's not like being a welder does that, but being this football player thing. Well, this whole idea of a football player is like a hundred years old. I mean, it's, yeah. it's super new. Yeah. So we in the medical history of like things that you shouldn't do that are fucked up for you. Mm-hmm. This sort of hasn't really been fully fully entered but neither has fighting man i mean fighting like in as far as like people have known about punch drunk boxers forever i mean that's always been yeah. you know the boxer stuck around too long sure. and the, the horrible stories and the the lisps of the words that are you know yeah. stumbling yeah. slurring out of their mouth it's it's terrible to watch that stuff we've we've known about that forever but we're going to start to see that probably from mma fighters if they're they're not looked after Definitely. as well i mean they're 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 taking shots to the head as well it's all about knowing when to fucking get out. Yeah. It's all about use as much, you know, intelligence as you can, risk as much uh, as you need to, but no more, and mm-hmm. then get out when you feel like it's slipping away. Yeah. And you got to treat, you got to treat um, any real, like, head trauma, a concussion, mm-hmm. like a really serious event. Like, it's not something to just be like, oh, that happens. Like it's yeah. really, really serious. Well, I've heard of dudes get knocked out in training and then go to a fight and then get just hit with like a small shot in the fight and they go unconscious because uh-huh. they were really like walking around like halfway knocked out already. Yeah, sure. Like Marvin Eastman fought uh, Travis Luter. And Travis Luter hit him on the end of the punch. It was like it was really weird. It didn't yeah. look it looked like like he just shut off. Like he hit him in his whole body, and I was like, "That doesn't even make any sense." But then you talk to the people that trained with him; they said he got knocked out twice mm-hmm. in in camp for that fight, which is just fucking crazy. Yeah. And he was probably right back like the day after fucking taking shots. You know? Yeah. When I wonder if they're ever going to be able to fix that. I wonder if there's ever going to be anything that can repair. Because the thing about brain conditions, I think, from impact, mm-hmm. is that they're degenerative. And that just like yeah, with these boxers, exactly. they say that something happened to them 10 years ago and mm-hmm. they start to feel the effects 10 years later. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think, you know, because it's, it's so unnatural to either to get like the Hit trauma you experience. Absolutely. Like most people that have one occurrence like that, that's the one occurrence they have for their life. They don't yeah. have that. They don't go through that hundreds of times. <laughs> you know, you have somebody, you know, you know, everyone knows somebody, oh, you in a car accident, oh, fuck, and it fucked me up. And, you know, right. that's that one time that happened. And I had headaches, you know, for fucking years, and I went to this type of therapist, and I got this type of treatment once. Not like, oh, I've, this is the kind of thing that happens to me every six weeks. I get fucking just laid out and fucking pass out because somebody devastated my head well a lot of uh, camps that didn't know any better they thought that that would toughen guys up so guys were getting knocked out in training all the time because they would go full clip in training that was like really common in a lot of camps you know I don't want to name names but yeah Yeah. people um, they don't don't treat brain trauma with as much respect as they should yeah they they did a lot of things fucked up you know they used to not uh, believe that you should give like uh, football players water 
um, when they're like in August, you know, like to toughen you up, like during yeah. practice. Yeah. So yeah. you go like two and a half hours with no water. It's like 98 <sighs> degrees outside. They thought that was like the smart thing to do. They did a lot of stupid shit, man. Yeah. They did a lot of stupid shit. There's a lot of people out there that got uh, their brains ruined because people didn't understand. And now, right. now, but but now it comes down to this. Now we know. Now what do we do? Right. It's because yeah. it seems like you can fight in MMA and get out of it without brain trauma. I don't know if that's the case with football. I really don't. There's some guys that clearly have made it out um, okay, but there's there's guys. I, I think there's going to be this wave, this wave of guys. You're going to see where it's it's not just every once in a while you hear the news of somebody. It's mm-hmm. just going to be just dozens of people that have severe, you know, uh, brain injuries from football. That's how they should get rid of the helmets. Yeah, yeah that's what they're saying. It's been, it's been suggested. Yeah, that is, look, it's a very bright suggestion. And people think it's silly. They're like, what are you talking about? That's even more dangerous. It's actually not, man. That was. Yeah. It's also one of the arguments about MMA, that they should switch to bare knuckles. Because you can't punch people as hard. Oh, really? The only yeah. problem is you cut people uh, a lot easier with your knuckles than you used gloves, to. A yeah. lot of a lot of fights would be stopped because of cuts. Elbows and knuckles cut people the most. Yeah, but um, you can punch someone a lot harder if you got a little gloves on. If you got padding yeah. on. I mean, the the helmet is used in football as a weapon. It's, yeah. it's just like when you talk about the the you know the the, the gloves that are dipped, your hand wrapped. Yeah. It's a weapon. It's a fucking solid weapon. Yeah, and it's protected by all these pads, uh-huh. so you can brace it against your, you know, your neck and everything, and you're running full into somebody. Yeah, it's a silly sport, man. It's uh, as a human being. I mean, look, it's super impressive if you, if, and if that's how you make your living, you know. Hey, God bless you. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? God, yeah, bless. God bless. Yeah. But if you've got another option, man, you might want to not slam your body into dudes as hard as you can. Yeah. Because it seems like that shit's bad for you. Well, that's pretty. There's yeah. definitely a good argument against it. Because like a fighter like Anderson Silva can go through whole fights and not get touched. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just fucks guys up and doesn't even get hit. And you look at it and go, well, if you're super talented and super technical, you yeah. you know you can fight and not take that much damage. You yeah. go through all of Anderson's fights. Only the Chael Sonnen fight does he ever take like a bunch of punches, and he still looked fine at the end of that. And brain-wise, you think he's all right? Yeah, he's fine. Yeah. He's fine. He's 100% fine. There's nothing wrong with him. But he's uh, also, he's delishing. He's uh, dishing out way more punches. Yeah. Dishing out more delicious punches delicious. than he's taking. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. He's just fucking people up so hard. Yeah. He, he, he's like on a totally different confidence level than them. He's on a totally different, like, striking speed wavelength. Mm-hmm. He's just putting beatings on dudes, man. Yeah. And so because of that, he's not, like, taking much damage. Yeah. But then you see some other dudes that he's fighting, you know, some guys that he's fucking up. And you got to go, man, how many more fights like this can this guy have? Yeah. And every fighter has to sort of decide on their own. They have to reach this sort of... It's a tough, it's a tough point. thing to come to, man. Fuck it's yeah, time it is to, time to dip out. Yeah, especially if that's how you make a living. You sure. don't know how you're going to pay your bills. And the um, not to mention, you know the the uh, the rush they get of being like in the game. You know, like yeah. being, being part of like prize fights. You yeah. know, and you're fucking in an arena and people yeah. are screaming when you enter. The, like that's a that's a rush you can't compare to anything you do in your regular fucking life. Yeah, there's nothing like there's that. nothing like that. That's a yeah. hard thing to fucking put down. It would be super hard to find something that can come even close. You'd have to be like a fighter pilot or some shit. Yeah, they say that that's like a lot of people are saying that's what Seau, like you know he played in the NFL for like 16 years, which is pretty much unheard of, especially like as like a linebacker, and that like he just was, hunt like he was depressed about not getting the that rush anymore you know wow. being like in the 
in the games. And <sighs> well, also, he had considerable brain damage. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's the thing, man. They say that brain damage. Yeah. They say once it fucks with your pituitary, your brain stops producing the right amount of testosterone, you get depressed from that. Mm-hmm. You know, you get, there's a lot of different factors that can lead to like some pretty severe depression because yeah. of brain trauma. You know, it's one of the arguments against testosterone replacement for um, uh, for fighters. Actually, yeah, is the traumatic brain injury uh, argument. I don't, I don't totally, completely understand it, but I think what they're saying is that if you get hit in the head enough, like James Tony was an example of it, you get hit in the head enough, and your your body's not going to produce t- uh, testosterone the same way anymore. Yeah. But then I've heard other doctors say, and this kind of makes sense to me. Well, hey man, if you can't produce testosterone anymore because you got hit in the head so many times, like maybe you should stop getting hit in the head. That's a great, yeah, it's a great like, lesson. You know, it seems like that's the thing you should stop first. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like forget about like trying to do anything to supplement your testosterone. You got to stop uh, getting hit in the head because yeah. your brain's going to stop working. Uh-huh. It's just like, yeah, how many times can you hit your car with a hammer before the engine breaks? It's like enough. You know, there's a uh, there's great footage of James Tony sparring like a few years back, and he's like he's pretty out of shape in it, and he talks shit the oh, entire yeah. time that he's oh, sparring, yeah. and he's like he's winded, but he's just like bitch ass faggot, and, bah! Yeah. and like these guys, <laughs> he's oh. shit well the he's whole so time. technically talented, James yeah. Tony, his shoulder rolls and his ability to tie, yeah. figure out where you're punching and block you and cover you, he's a brilliant boxer, man. Yeah. If you go back to the early days, like when he knocked out Michael Nunn, mm-hmm. James Tony's a goddamn animal, man. He he's a power punching, power. tough yeah. dude, yeah. and he became a slick ass boxer. He just didn't have the same motivation to training that like some other guys did. Yeah, like if he trained like Roy Jones Jr. trained. Oh my god, yeah. man! And what a fight that was. Him and Roy Jones Jr. That was yeah. a fucking great fight. Yeah, if he would have trained like like Roy Jones, yeah, that was too. Bad. It's too bad he never sort of recovered from that. Did they fight again? Did they ever fight again? I don't know if they fought twice. I don't know. I don't think they did. Why do I feel like? Why do I feel like they didn't? But James Tony uh, was one of the only like major guys that ever tried uh, to uh, get into MMA. Oh yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah, he fought Randy Couture. How did that go? Uh, it didn't go so good. <laughs> Randy Couture just grabbed him and threw him on the ground, really? strangled him. Like yeah, immediately? Just, was it like a ten second thing? Uh yeah, it was it was a joke. Oh Jesus. He took him down with a low uh a low single, got him in an ankle pick. I guess they were trying to plan it. They were trying to plan the the second fight. Oh really? Yeah, but I think James Tony might be a heavyweight now. Big boy. Yeah. Well they say that T. Yeah. I think it's a D. They might but they say Tony's like two hundred and forty pounds. And Roy Jones, you know, is still fighting, He's uh-huh. st- but he fights at like cruiserweight sometimes or light heavyweight sometimes. James Tony's not going to drop down. I've been watching Roy Jones fight too, and it's depressing as shit. I know it's not. It's not like the old days at all. It's not just like the old days. He's getting knocked out a lot. Yeah, yeah. I've did. seen him knocked out a couple of times. You like, know, he's a good analyst. He's actually yeah, a good analyst. He is. Um, I, don't, I don't know why he doesn't just fucking, you know, he, need, that he needs money, game. man. Apparently, if you listen to the internet. They say that he's another one of those dudes who didn't pay his taxes. Jesus, man. Yeah, he owes uh, millions of dollars. That's ridiculous. Well, you know, someone tells you you don't have to pay, or someone's a shitty financial advisor, or you think you got everything covered, and, you know, it's, this is never going to go away. Christ. A lot of those guys don't have good accountants, man. I know. You got to pay your money. You got to pay. I don't think we should pay as much as we pay, but I think you got to fucking pay. You got to pay. I get, I get a little pissed off when I find out.
found out about a guy that's been living on high on the hog and owes millions of dollars in taxes. Yeah. You know, because, like, we should all contribute. We should, there's a, I mean, you know, this Obama argument that everybody's upset at him because he said, you know, if you run a small business, you didn't build that. You didn't build the infrastructure. You didn't mm-hmm. build the street. That's what he meant. Like, you didn't build the streets. And everybody was upset by that. But in, in, a, in a lot of ways, that is true. I mean, we do need to pay. Everybody needs to pay a little bit of something. It's just, there should be some sort of an accounting should be able to find out how you're spending the money. Shouldn't be so goddamn wide open. We we have to give you money and then you do with it. If you especially if you're a guy like him, I feel like how much money did that guy give them Roy Jones over the years in taxes? Millions and millions and millions of dollars. Millions. Well, he should have like if if it gets a certain number, he should be able to say, "Oh, this is what we did with your money. We went over it and we used all of your millions to set up a base in Kosovo. You actually set up a base over there." That'd be really cool, <laughs> and people would be excited to know that shit too. Yeah, man. like what did I? They get? really would. Well, be. if you think about like what Roy Jones spent, see the stretch of highway taxes. It's not done. That's going to be your shit right Yeah, there. this is the Tommy Segura stretch of the highway. <laughs> it's not done yet. If you look at um, you know, a guy like Roy Jones, how much do you think he made? It, was, it had to be, Man. I want to say $100 million. I would say that's, not, uh, that, that's probably accurate. Probably around there. Yeah. So it, out of $100 million, let's get super crazy and say you have to pay 48%, because mm-hmm. that's like the highest you can pay. Right. Without tax shelters and all that stuff that I'm sure a smart person would figure out or a good accountant. So let's say he paid $48 million. Let's uh-huh. just go nutty and be, uh-huh. use that as a number. That's an insane amount of money. Crazy. $48 million supports an army somewhere. Yeah. That's yeah. like, what did he, what, what, what country did they See overthrow with F-16 Roy Jones right Jr. Here, man? It's your shit. <laughs> That's he your shit, that Roy. Shit. <laughs> Roy, you remember when you knocked out Virgil Hill with that body shot? Bam. That's your jet, son. These missiles and shit are yours, Roy. God damn it, really? This mm-hmm. is twice in one podcast. That's powerful Duncan Trussell. It doesn't uh, obviously watch our podcast. Fucker. How dare you, Duncan? You just got sent a voicemail, son. Can I tell your, uh, your listeners to come see me this weekend? You could, you could say where you're playing, but okay. don't tell them to come see you. Oh, that's just gross. That. Oh, okay. Uh, you could say if you would like well, to come I, see some comedy. I was, I was, but if you're like, hey, man. I was meaning it like that, you know. Uh, um, hey man, if if you like comedy, <laughs> and you live in the uh, like Orange County maybe area. Where are you going to be this weekend? At Tommy the Brea Bunch? Improv. <gasps> only Brea Improv. Only three shows. Only three shows. Which Thursday, ones? Thursday, and Friday night, and That's two it. Friday night. That's it. Bray Improv is a fucking phenomenal club. I have fun there. That's so. you know, if you live in that area, there's not a whole lot of shit going on other than the movies, and there might be like a bowling alley or some shit. Come see the G.O.D. Dodging, be there. Dodging coyotes. But they do have the improv. And the improv is fucking, it's a, it's a great club. And every week they have like top level talent there. If you look at the, like the improv's roster, if you go by there, what a great thing that is to have in your town. Like if you, you know, one week it's this guy, the next week it's Tommy Segura, the next week it's Ari, you know, Joey Diaz headlines the improvs now too. It's just, it's such a, a great thing to have in your town. And that Brea improv is one of my favorites. It's the first club I ever worked. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Have so. you done sets there, Brian? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that place it's a is a fun club. That place is tremendous. It's yeah. so good. Joey was doing that dirty night there once a month, 
but I, I think he got a little too busy with all his little different side projects. He's doing some stip can. Joey Diaz has a new podcast too, ladies and gentlemen. If you're big oh, Joey Diaz yeah. fans, it's uh, called The Church of What's Happening Now, yeah. and it's on uh, iTunes. And it was like top four, like right away. Yeah, of course, yeah, of course, because Joey Diaz is one of the fascinating, most fascinating human beings ever. He's a monster. We did uh, Santa Barbara this weekend. Holy shit, is that fucking fun? Where did you do it there? Where? Oh, the Lobero Theater in Santa Barbara. I heard there's a nice. lot of celebrities there. A lot of celebrities, man. Yeah. So a lot, just a bunch of celebrities live well, out there. Well, that's where right? we saw Carol Burnett. But yeah, a lot of celebrities live out there. It's beautiful. Wow. The weather's never, it never, like, is not perfect. It's gorgeous out. The people are nice. It's like really nice houses, old houses, houses like for, around from the 1920s and yeah. shit like that. It's just a, a gorgeous, gorgeous... Uh, primo place to live, man. Yeah, beautiful, yeah. beautiful place. And did people seem like a little bit more chill there. You know, here we're, we're so trapped in this fucking nutty hive. You know, it's so... Yeah, yeah. It's so crazy and fast that I think... That, I think that shit gets away from you, man. I think we're better off when there's just a little less people. And Santa Barbara, man... Fucking amazing, amazing. They need club. a train, a super train that goes from Santa Barbara to LA in like like ten minutes. You know what? You say that, bro, but you know what Duncan and I did? We made a podcast. I'll give that to you today so we can upload it. Oh. But we just said, you know what? Let's just make a podcast. So I clip my iPhone to my um mm-hmm. my BMW has one of those little uh, cup holder things. Yeah. M three, ladies and gentlemen, German engineering. It has this little cup holder thing and I clip my phone to it and we just did a podcast. On my phone, and it sounds great. I mean, yeah. it doesn't sound like this, right? But it sounds like totally. You can hear what we're saying, and yeah. it's kind of cool. That's right. Because it's like our first podcast in a car. That's, that's but nice. Yeah, you do that. You do that. It's an hour drive, so you go with a buddy. You know, you say if you're going to do a show in Santa Barbara, you know, and you need to start doing that, man. You know, but branch out. You can do shows everywhere now. You're you're at the point now. Me? Brian's coming with me to Sacramento. Brian's at the point he could be a fucking professional stand-up comedian. He's yeah. like right there. You're right, you're there, right there. If you just push a little right now, you're you're, you're a professional comedian. Yeah, like you can do that. You and you have a built-in audience. Like you'd be crazy not to do it. Yeah, you really would be. You would totally be crazy not to do it because you can do it. You get laughs. You have some funny shit, man. That fucking I don't want to say the joke because it gives it away. But that one joke. I love that joke. That's a great joke, man. If you just kept you know chopping away at it and uh and and did it all the time and you could go you go on tour you could we could promote your shows like that's ultimately what i think would be awesome if everybody came in and we're promoting your shows mm-hmm. we're promoting your shows we, we could all be doing shows sure. like all across oh, yeah. the country of course and use this as like sort of a platform come here during the week everybody fucks around everybody goes and does their shit on the weekend yeah that'd be awesome but this uh you know this using the podcast to uh, you know to work as like a promotional platform for stand up comedy shows. Yeah, so it's the, awesome. the greatest fucking thing ever. It's awesome. Yeah. People really get to know you, Tommy Buns. They do. They come it's not in. like you sit on the Tonight Show couch and yeah. you go, "Hey, Tommy, my, uh, you from Cleveland? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of comedy drive?" <laughs> <laughs> my podcast is the most fun that I that I have doing anything. It's cool that you and do yours with your wife and you yeah. actually still like each other. We love it, man. We love each other. It's, it's we have the most fun. It's you guys silly, have a lot of fun. It's again. the best poop podcast i've ever 
heard. It's not just poop, guys. No, but you were a guest. You were a guest recently. Yeah. And uh, we got to get you to come. I would love to. I would love to. Um, I'm doing uh, Duncan's tomorrow, but I'll do yours one day next week. Okay. Next week, I'm trying to get uh, Rich Roll, who's the the, uh, vegan um, activist. Because people have been saying you got to get like vegans. Yeah. Sure. So we got this. But he's he's an athlete. And I got Mac Danzig also, which is on Thursday, who's another vegan. And a good friend uh, of mine. He's a. I had a vegan lunch today. How about that? So but this is in response to like vegans who are saying well, you need to get someone to do a counterpoint to Rob Wolf because Rob Wolf I had the paleo diet guy paleo, yeah. author of the paleo solution coffee bacon, bacon and eggs. eggs he said that's what you chef for breakfast Every I was day, like oh my day. god I want to blow you yeah, I, know. <laughs> I was like you I'm eating kale shakes every day trying to stay healthy and this guy says coffee bacon and eggs and uh, but I tried it but I'm telling you it's not, he's not correct they you you have this heavy feeling of like it's like that's what the cigarettes for that's what the cigarettes for well that's what the coffee's supposed to counteract but it can't fuck with kale shakes these no. ca- the my morning kale shake is just it's either that for me or hemp shakes that's all i drink in in the morning and i have lots of energy like plenty of energy during the day i think we have i think we have to be careful about how much stupid shit we put in our bodies and i would rather have no like put nothing in there than stupid shit not yeah. that bacon and eggs is necessarily stupid shit it's delicious it's delicious and i think your body processes fat and all that stuff it can process all those things it's all natural but it's not as it doesn't give you the same like clean feeling as like starting off with a a vegetable shake yeah so i'm gonna have this guy i'm gonna talk to him that's cool that's cool and you know he'll he because he wanted to express himself he wanted to explain what the fuck is wrong with all these crazy meat eaters we uh we had we had red band on and we also uh if you guys go to your mom's house podcast if you check out mine we also had yoshi on tell the (laughs) the story of when he ate um uh joey's banana bread and it's fucking yoshi has a bunch of crazy stories how about when he accidentally uh, put acid in his eyeballs that story too yeah Yeah. it's fantastic he uh was at a friend's house and the dude had an eyedropper and uh he didn't know there was acid in the eyedropper and he needed to clean his eyes so yeah he was back in japan yeah he was in japan put like eight drops of acid in his eyes which is like it's unheard of you know somebody told me the other day uh that that joey diaz did that to jay moore like like uh, at a party, <laughs> really? And like tricked him in saying that that was acid, and Jerry Moore was like freaking out. Like that's some other comic told me this, so I don't know if it's true or not. Long time ago? Yeah, like a long time ago. Yeah, you're gonna start another campaign. So don't, don't know if that's Jay real. Jay Moore is gonna be mad at you again. But supposedly the now. story goes that Jay Moore was really freaking out. Because but he was he was fucking with him though. Yeah, okay. Joey Diaz was fucking with him the whole time. It wasn't acid, but like Jay Moore was freaking out because he was like, "Was that really acid? Was that really acid? like?" Well, that's like what we were talking about. The uh, God, I don't remember what the phobia is. Where either that people, um, I really wish I could remember the word because I looked up the word that I thought it was, and that's not allophrenia. Allophrenia? Is that, that right? It? No. Isn't that what I said already? That, that's about the if someone's crazy and you're around them kind of thing? Yeah. yeah. That, that thing, you know, I mean, I mean it kind of makes sense that if someone starts treating you like you're crazy. Yeah, that makes sense. And you're like, oh, and you start to maybe adapt, like you start to act in the behavior that they, they're conditioning you to, to act in. You know what I mean? I it do it to most of my ex-girlfriends. So. Is that what you do to them? <laughs> That's how you control <laughs> them, right? Get them crazy <laughs> Make and then them think they're crazy. move the and stick your penis inside of them until, they, <laughs> until it doesn't feel good anymore. <laughs> and then blame everything on them. <laughs> and then what else is the move? Get fat. That's a good move. That's how you get rid of them. 
So uh, anyway, I'm going to offer the vegan point of view uh, because I, oh, I think be cool. uh, I shit on vegans enough. And uh, there's a lot of people that. that Why is it such a big deal? Why can't people just eat meat? And if you want to eat a little vegan, like I consider vegan, like I'm eating Italian tonight. Yeah, they (laughs) don't though. That's what's fascinating about it. It's a, it's sort of, it's a lifestyle choice. It's a, you know, you're making a decision that you don't want to do anything that's going to harm the environment. You don't want to do anything that's going to make your footprint larger. It's kind of, I mean, I, I see the point. I just uh, interesting. someone's going to kill the animals. The, the, you have to kill them, unless you're going to start sterilizing them at birth. And then who the fuck are you to play doctor? Yeah, you can just chop off a deer's balls. You got to kill them. I'm going to bring fugger to chow that day. I'm just going to eat their steak. You little shit. You son of a bitch. And so you can don't do that. <laughs> I wonder what the smell of burning meat is to like a person uh, who's like a super hardcore uh, vegan. Probably nauseates them. I'm sure. You know they're not supposed to have honey. Why not? Because right. bees are slaves. Oh, fuck on that, man. <laughs> fuck that shit. Stupid. That can go fuck itself. I got 10 minutes on vegans in my new uh, oh, you do? My new hour. Oh, that's it great. might be 10 minutes. That's great, man. It's just so, there's so much silliness. Yeah. So you get, it's almost like being a Mormon. Yeah. Being a vegan is like right up there with being a Mormon. It's like the, at the end of it, you're like, wait, 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 what? Bees? Bees, bees are slaves. It seems so extreme, man. And I saw a guy who like trying to encourage someone from, to be a vegan. Hey, don't worry about that, man. Don't let honey stop you from being a vegan. I mean, hey, I don't, I don't use it, but don't let that stop you. Oh, I don't use it. Oh yeah, I'm super ultra perfect vegan, yeah. man. I so don't use the honey. That honey, man. I mean, it's like bees have souls, man. Yeah. Like, why put them to work? Why fuck your mother. Why why steal their work, man? I mean, how's that any different than what you accuse Carlos Mencia of doing, man? Okay? (laughs) They're just taking the honey from these bees. Shut your fucking stupid face. Stupid hole. Yeah. You stupid fucking asshole. You're telling me that we can't figure out honey? Honey is delicious. Yeah. Honey is awesome. We don't have to make it. These dumb cunt insects make it (laughs) and we steal it from them. Yeah. The way we steal it from them is with smoke. These fucking stupid assholes. And then they you blow smoke on them, then you scoop them up with a kitty litter shovel, and you put them in a box, and you close the stupid box, and they buzz around for a little while, and then you take all their fucking honey, and you you hack off those little babies that are growing in there. You get the fuck out of here. Those little embryos that are mm-hmm. in there. Cut all that shit out. That's not necessary. <laughs> Just get me to that honey spot. This bear likes. Is the hive? The, is all the embryos and the the honey all together in the same thing? I think so. I don't know. That was always They're a fascinating. When insect. I was a kid and I would find uh, a, a beehive on the ground, did you do that and like yeah. open them up? Yeah. How weird was that when you see them like in the waffles. little shuttle? Mm-hmm. The little fucking pop. Yeah. They mean, they're just like the alien. They're just yeah. really tiny. Yeah. They're, they're miniature aliens. Yeah. Especially if you watch them fuck up other insects, Queen especially bee. wasps. Yeah. There's a crazy documentary where it, it details this one wasp attack where they came yeah. in and killed these honeybees. Man. And it was an enormous wasp. They were way bigger than the honeybees. And it just comes in and just starts cutting the heads off the honeybees. And these this one swarm... This like thousand fucking honeybee colony was yeah. killed by like thirty of these wasps, and it is fucking tough to watch, man. These, I mean, it's just like what? What would we do if these things were our size? Oh man, you wouldn't do jack shit. I had wasp. I got. A, I walked into a wasp nest one time, like in where one was, and they just fucking. It stayed in oh, my yeah. arm. Like it I keeps was like, fucking shit, you and stabbing. Just, yeah, and Fuck. they. Um, the thing about bees too, I found out that the queen has a stinger. 
You know, the queen bee has a stinger, but she only uses it to kill queens. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. They use it to kill virgin queens. They like use gay bees? It to, when you When you find a new queen, like when someone's getting together and putting together a new queen, yeah. you got to jack that bitch yeah. or she'll come to take your spot because there can only be like one queen in the nest. So they don't use it just on, um, on queens when they're out. They'll fuck up queen embryos. They'll fuck up. What are they? What are they called? What is it? Fetus. It's, the, what is the uh, I don't know. the term for an insect fetus? I Any idea, know. Brian? Is it? It's not an embryo, rather, right? No. Whatever the fuck it is, uh, the, uh, the infant thing inside mm-hmm. the, the the honeycomb. They stab them in the side, and that's how they know when they've been attacked by another queen. Like she knows there's a hooker in that box. And she's gonna go. So she just stabs it with her ass. <laughs> so that's what their hook, their stingers for. Their stingers not a stinger that injects venom. It's, it's just, just a sword. Yeah, sword to kill the babies. we're so lucky they're little man we're so lucky they're little they were huge evil fucking cunts um yeah that's fucking fuck bees we need to figure out a way to get honey through little robots little tiny ass robot bees we should make drones that look like bees that Mm -hmm. make honey and how about we make drones that just look like bees except they're way stronger and harder and they come in and fuck all the bees in front of their boyfriends can you imagine a bee like robot bees with giant robot bee dicks like dogs like a small dog dog size bee and just we would have to have shotguns and fly swatters everywhere just yeah big mace fly swatters if they did stab you just like goes through your back (laughs) you'd be fucked yeah, and the, uh, yeah, size of a one the size of a softball would kill you. Oh yeah, just fuck your day up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, imagine disembowel you from from the from the fucking eat you alive. Its, oh shit, man. Make babies in your body. That's a movie. I want to fucking movie. see that movie. Tommy Bonds, you're the best. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being on. Anytime, uh, man. I was glad. I was glad to do. You. I want to. We glad to do. I mean, in the in the non sexual way. Um, I was thinking that you know, man, when was the last time we did a podcast with Tommy Bonds? I want to have you on soon, and I also want to come back. Because uh, I have a new album coming out. So when are you? Um, what are you doing tomorrow night? Tomorrow night. What is tomorrow? Wednesday, Wednesday night. night. Chilling. You want to do the Ice House with us? Sure. Done, ladies and gentlemen. So now tomorrow night at the Ice House, it is Joey Diaz, it is Brian Callen, it is Duncan Trussell, and it's Tommy Motherfucking Buns. And I believe Brian Redband will be coming down to actually smoke the peace pipe with Duncan Trussell. It should be an epic death squad event, ladies and gentlemen. Whoa. So come on down. And if you want to look fashionable when you're there, you're going to want to buy a death squad T-shirt. And you go to deathsquad.tv. And what you said, what does this money go to? Well, for money all goes to support the Death Squad Podcast Network, which is on iTunes. If you go, there's a bunch of different podcasts there. There is the Ice House Chronicles that we do at the Ice House, which is a, one of my favorite podcast of all time because it's us it's all of like the the guys who are in town that come by to do shows doug stanhope's been on tom rhodes tom segura's uh, on it tom segura's been on uh ian edwards uh, i mean so many so many funny comedians and of course ari and joey and and we we put on these uh, once a week twice a week sometimes and the, it's like really some of the most fun shit that we do we get to fuck around and we get to uh loosen up before we go on stage and make a podcast at the same time and 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 make each other laugh and then we've been doing these shows at the ice house that are like literally some of the funnest shows that, that i've ever done in my life and the the club couldn't have been cooler it's it couldn't be a more ca- positive karma space you know the ice house has been around since like the 1961 or something crazy old like club, that yeah it's an old fucking club and it just 
the you, you mean you stand in the room, the 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 comedy room, like when the the doors are closed and the lights are off, and that place is it's buzzing still. Oh, yeah. It's, it's awesome. got energy from awesome. like fifty fucking years of comedy in that place. That's that's a that's an unusual place. Yeah, and I love that fucking second stage room too. They're both awesome. The awesome. little room's awesome. The little room might be the best little room in the country. Yeah. Mm. It's super small, it's tight knit, but they're all like right there and there's two yeah. tiers, which is really rare in a small room. That little room's amazing. And it might be one of the best rooms ever for coming up with new shit. Yeah. For just fucking oh, around yeah. and yeah. coming up with new material. Absolutely. Which we'll be doing Wednesday night, ladies and gentlemen, with Joey Diaz, a.k.a. Madfoot. You going to come, bitch? Maybe. Oh, we got a maybe out of pretty shitty right there. Yeah. Well. I, I think the, I was at the dentist and all my medicines like worn off. So now I think I have like this migraine or something going on now. What do they have to drill? Uh, my trying implant to get... came undone. Uh, hmm. Ew. Ouch. Were you eating corn on the cob or something? No. Chewing gum. Chewing them. Really? <laughs> I love you guys. I gotta pee. Did they tell you not to? Yeah. Tommy, why don't you go pee? Where, where can people go see you? Where are you at this weekend? Uh, Brea Improv. Powerful uh, Brea Improv. Thursday and Friday. Thursday and, and Friday. Uh, Tommy Bones. If you Bones. go to TomCigarette.com, it has um, all my, the, the list thing. You can, I can send you notifications. Of Ta- Tom, S-E-G-U-R-A dot yes. com. And you can follow Tom on Twitter also, S-E-G. You are a you dirty bitches. And your shirt. Your mom's house podcast. Mom's house podcast. The new Top Dog shirt. I love it. Come check it out. Great design. So uh, tomorrow I will be doing uh, the Duncan Trussell Family Hour, so no no, uh, Joe Rogan Experience podcast. And then uh, Thursday I'll be back with Mac Danzig. So uh, that should be a lot of fun. And uh, Wednesday night we are uh, at the Ice House. And this Friday night I'm in Sacramento. With uh, Brian Redman and Rip, Sam Tripoli, hottest uh, girls in the city, and it's um, it's sold out. So go fuck yourself. So uh, unless you're coming, and then I love you. Is but, there a uh, UFC or anything this? No, no, no. It's just just, just in and out. Yeah, just cool. one. And it's um, I just decided to uh, just drop into. Uh, I never get down to Sacramento. You know, it's a, yeah. it's a cool city, but I'm I'm hardly ever there. And uh, I don't remember what the name of the place is. Uh, it's like the Crest Theater, I think, or something. Weird. Yeah, the Crest Theater. I heard so. it's a really nice theater. Well, we'll find out. Um, and uh, then next week is uh, the week after that is Toronto. I'm at Massey Hall, and uh, I understand that there's uh, some ridiculous scalping going on, and that people are telling me that the tickets are like 300 bucks. I, I heard something weird the other day about the uh, one of your shows that was canceled. Yeah, and they charged like. A ridiculous amount of money extra for some reason, and then when they took a, when they when the show got canceled, they never they didn't get the whole amount back. Really? They like, Where'd well, you hear this? Fuck! Who told me this? Uh, somebody in Columbus, Ohio. It was uh, one of the guys uh, from. So there's like a cancellation fee or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Even w- though it wasn't there, they didn't cancel. Right. The, the venue canceled. Right. And they say, and it was like something like he, this guy's like out a lot of money. Hmm. I need to find out what the that might be not correct or correct. I don't right. know. We'll have to find out. But uh, anyway, folks, listen. Uh, thank you very much for for everything. You guys are the fucking coolest human beings we've ever come in contact with. You know, we we talk about it all the time. I mean, uh, Aubrey talks about it when he deals with customers at On It, and uh, we we talk about it when when we do these comedy shows. We're 
we're lucky as fuck, man. And w- just whatever we're sending out there, the fact that you guys are, are picking it up in such a positive way and responding in such a positive way. I mean, there's no way to say this without sounding super corny, but it's enriched the fuck out of all of our lives. It's made us feel like we're really connected to something that can really help and change the way people feel. And don't, don't think we think that is uh, in any small way... Um, uh, I just don't think that we ever take it for granted. It's uh, I don't. It's a weird thing to talk about it because it's um, the the whole. Th- it's 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 a very strange situation to find yourself in when you know we just started doing this podcast, just fucking around and you know thinking we we're just going to talk shit and put it on the internet and maybe people would giggle yeah. and then having people come up to me like everywhere I go telling me now I've, I've lost fifty pounds. I started doing jujitsu. I changed my life. Started reading the War of Art. Myself. I didn't shoot myself. We hear that all <laughs> That's the time. The scary one. That's the scary one. That's one of the scary ones. And you know people that said they they don't have anybody like us near them and it's not that they don't think like us they think just like us they they're they're free thinkers they're open-minded they're trying to be nice to people it's just sometimes we are defined by our environment but no long you fucks now we're all connected by this crazy thing and uh this podcast is a big part of it for us and we know that it's a big part of it for you and we don't take that for granted in any way we love the fuck out of you guys so thank you very much thanks for all the positive vibes all the positive tweets all that good shit and uh I'll see you guys on Thursday. All right, holla. Much love.